Hey, what's up? Thanks for pressing play, listener. This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the cult classic movie, The Crow, starring Brandon Lee. Why are we reviewing a 24-year-old movie? Oh, there's a very good reason. Keep listening to find out. Plus, a quick recap of our time hanging out with Godzilla fans and artists at this year's G-Fest in Chicago. All that and a whole bunch more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Friday, July 20th, 2018. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. Hello, listener. What's up? Thanks for joining us and welcome to the Jock and Nerd podcast, giving you comic book and superhero TV and movie news reviews and whatever we choose every week. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And he's the Rugs over there. What's up, Captain Felty? How's it hanging? Hanging pretty low today, half mast. Half mast. Oh no, not even a little felty chub today, huh, Rugs? Yes. Well, look, we'll try to cheer you up because uh, we got a fun show planned. If you are a new listener, check out the show notes for this episode, jockandnerd.com slash 230, where you will find links to everything we're going to talk about. Uh, also, you will find links to subscribe to the show for free. That way you don't miss a show. And here's the easiest way to do it. You have an iPhone, you got a podcast app right on the phone. It's built in. Just search Jock and Nerd Podcast. Boom. You have an Android phone, which is like the rest of the whole world has Android phones. Download Google Podcasts. It's a new app from Google. You can put us right on your home screen and you will never miss a show. And right now is a really good time to subscribe because, you guys, this show is going to post on the Sunday of San Diego Comic-Con 2018. Geek Boner. Where there's going to be tons of great shit, and we're not going to be talking about anything. We're talking about the fucking crow. Talking about a movie from 24 years ago on this episode, but (laughs) there's a reason. Look, the show comes out on Sunday. San Diego's done on Sunday. Subscribe right now because there may be a little bonus media episode in the middle of the week. Just for you, our, our San Diego Comic Con news rundown. Uh, it's always lots of fun. Yeah, we're so. going to talk about this shit as soon as we have all the news. Yeah, yeah we got to wait till stuff comes out. But bonus episode this week. Basically, subscribe now. Check out all the back shows and you will get a bonus episode. Very exciting. Uh, so like I said, we're going to talk about The Crow. But before that, there's a little bit of breaking news. Talking nerd. That we must discuss that broke this, today. Because we're, we're recording this Friday, July 20th? Correct. Yeah, yeah this shit, it just hit the fan. It hit the like, fan. And initially, I was going to keep this show evergreen. And we could do The Crow. We could talk a little bit about uh, a G-Fest that we went to. But holy shit, this is crazy. I'm just going to read the article from Deadline. The headline, James Gunn fired from Guardians of the Galaxy franchise over offensive tweets. Oh, shit. Uh, James Gunn has been removed as director of the Guardians of the Galaxy series after a batch of old social media dispatches were unearthed that touch on areas like pedophilia 
and rape in the latest shocking hashtag MeToo development in the entertainment industry, Gunn was severed from the Marvel Comics universe after a slew of social media posts he wrote before getting Guardians of the Galaxy surfaced. According to Fox News, they were posted because Gunn is an outspoken critic of President Donald Trump. and The effort was to knock him down a few pegs. So, holy crap, uh... I, I'm not going to read these tweets because like 40 years from now, someone will probably isolate the audio and then uh, fucking get me in trouble because I said it. <laughs> so I'll put a link in the show notes. You could read the treats. These tweets are from the, tweet, the treats, the treat, the treats. <laughs> well, they're not treats for gun right now. Oh. Uh, they're from 2000, 2008 to 2011. So we're talking eight to 10 year old tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really this whole thing started because he was uh, getting some right, all right wing pundits mad. And then com- right wing commentator. Isn't that the, the, the most ironic part? Yes, of this, is it that wasn't the, the politically correct liberal left media that found these for that got these. Well, it's, it's basically revenge. It's like you went after Trump. Yep. And acting like your shit don't stink. And then all of a sudden someone sits there and finds out that your shit does stink. Yeah, a little bit. It's a fucking Trump takedown. Right wing well, commentator Mike Cernovich also, is the guy. It's funny because the. I'm not going to say they. What uh, stereotypically right wingers are against being politically correct, and they are the ones that unearthed these unpc. Well, that's tweets. what's happening now. Yeah, that's what's happening. They 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 went after Roseanne, got her fired off the show on the Disney you know Disney owned property. But isn't she right wing, Roseanne? No, no, but that this is a response to that. Yeah, uh, so that this was is like, oh, you got Roseanne yeah, because she said something stupid. Yeah, we're gonna find we're gonna something stupid. That one yeah, of yeah, your yeah. guys say this is like street so gang. Street yeah. gang warfare, man. Uh, of course, Disney responded quickly. They, they're they going to distance himself from this. Gun is never going to work for Disney again. Well, okay, so they said the offensive attitudes and statements discovered on James' Twitter feed are indefensible and inconsistent with our studio's values. We have severed our business relationships with him. To which I say, Disney, these tweets were sitting there for 10 years. Nobody did he their directed due Tromeo and Juliet. Gun did? Yeah. He was directing trauma films. There's there's so much to unpack here. I know. Let's, let me let me yes. start with Where the. Do we start? Uh, so, first off, Disney. I mean, I, I I guess they had to do this. I don't know. There, there's two things though. Either they didn't do their due diligence when they hired him, right? Right. Or well, the world was a different place when they hired him. Right. Right. But this if if they're they going be grandfathered in if they're going with know. this standard of. We need to let him go because he tweeted this. Then they never did their due diligence because either that or they knew about the tweets and they just were like, eh, whatever. doesn't matter. Right. Well, to be to be honest, uh, Disney like made a movie called Powder and the yes. guy who directed that was a convicted pedophile. Well, right, right, right. He was, wasn't he? Well, I, that was, I, you know, and I like Powder because it's a guy who has a white skin like me and has got superpowers. I didn't know. No, Disney, Disney's not immune from any that crazy. Guy, wow. No. Well, there, there's that. Yeah. Okay. I want to. Ruggs brought up the point of Gun Gun will never work for Disney again. I just want to bring up the fact that this is kind of similar but different. Hulk Hogan was just reinstated back in the WWE. Oh, he got busted. Three years ago, he got busted for saying some racist-ass shit on on camera. He did. Look, give it it, time. Give it it time. time. We're talking about the WWE, which is probably people who are leaning towards the they don't give a fuck about anything. Look, they'll Uh, sneak gun back in years from now as like a writing consultant. Remember remember Devin Faraci? He was working for birth movies, death secretly, even though he said he got accused of that shit. Yo, Mel Gibson said some racist shit. He's still making movies. Yeah. The fuck? 
Right. I mean, eventually they'll come back. I think back. time will, he'll, but he, yeah, for now, definitely gone for so, a while. So, okay, let's take this angle. Uh, James Gunn uh, response, I'll read some of it. He's, he says, many people who have followed my career know when I started, I viewed myself as a provocateur making movies and telling jokes that were outrageous and taboo, as I have discussed publicly many times, as I've developed as a person, so has my work and humor. His uh, quote-unquote apology. He didn't really apologize, but he said, look, this is, I was saying things to get a shocking response 10 years ago. I'm not that person anymore. So this is his response, and I believe his Twitter has been pulled down. Now, looking at the content of the tweets, some of it is like really childish, shocking shit just to be shocking. Some of it is distasteful, not funny. Some of it I could see in a stand-up comedy set, you know, like 10 years ago before all this shit happened. Uh, so uh, is, isn't it possible that a person changes, uh, you know, over a decade? It's tough, man. But then why not go back and delete this shit? I don't know. I don't know. Tough, man. Well, look, I just think. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard, Brugs. This this, this this really got your got right. bugged you. Uh, it, it really does because yeah. I, I really feel like um, – you can't be a creative person anymore. I'm a, a little bit. You can't. What's the point of being an artist, right? If you're commenting on something, you're there to shock you're doing people. Pit, and- let's say, let's say you're doing piss Christ. Yeah, yeah. Where you put Jesus Christ in a, in a vat of piss. I, I was in Brooklyn. I remember when that happened. Right? Yes, that's acceptable. You're an artist. You're being you're being provocative. Yeah. And you're doing things now. Anything that you say as an artist you should be whatever, even if it's disgusting. Like it should be kind of protected under art in a way, and um, like if you're a comedian or if you're trying to be funny, if like let's say Twitter is your art form, right? Like you, that's your you 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 tweet and you try and engage people and and whatever. Like that should be somewhat, but it's not. Like so, anything that like a stand-up comedian that's doing their art form can't do their art form like and, like they should anymore. Like all of these things. Like I mean, we grew up listening to. Kurt Cobain saying, rape me. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, yeah. You love this shit. Now, I will say. I that- mean, there's a there's a song by Faith No More called Edge of the World where it's about a pedophile trying to get a girl. There, Tom Waits has a song called Ice Cream Man about an ice cream man um, I don't know, with, uh, trying to get, uh, these are, I guess, are, are, a, 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 a young girl. Artistic expressions. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm not saying those songs are great, but I'm saying that's been allowed this whole time now it's not allowed anymore are we not we're we're losing our our right to be artists it depresses the shit out of me. it is very depressing on the other hand look there are a lot of tweets about uh kid stuff yeah there is a lot (laughs) i don't understand why he's tweeted so many things it should have raised an eyebrow at some point that, that disney didn't catch this or nobody i don't know maybe they just thought he was funny and now it's not funny anymore. Anthony, how many celebrities do you think right now are scrolling back their Twitter feed and deleting everything? <laughs> I started well, deleting tweets today. I, <laughs> I, I'll, be, I'll be honest, man. So I, I I know back in 2010, I used some language that I would not use now. On Look, my we've Twitter. all done stuff in the past <laughs> that we're not proud of. It's a part of being human but, and you learn and human, you change. Correct. Yes. I, I'll say, there's, I have so much. I have so many things on this. Get it out. Um, and I really don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for him. The devil's advocate is in me is like, okay, like this kind of sucks, but what's the line? What if he started joking around around racism? Right. Is that okay? If People used to be able word, to do that. People know, used but, to be able to do that. But if he used, but is it okay? Is is it okay if he was making Asian jokes? If he was make as a white man, is it okay if he was making? You should be able Indian? to joke about everything, though. But the thing is, 
Twitter is not the place. Yeah, how about you don't put it somewhere where it's permanent? Well, just, I, was, uh, I was watching. Let me interject here. I was watching this uh, this documentary the other day. It's called "Can't We Take a Joke." It's on Amazon, I believe. Yeah, you told me about that. Okay, basically, it's a, a bunch of comedians talking about how they can't, how being a comedian has changed, and whether they should still do their art or whether or not. And it goes back to I want to bring up two things. Um, one, this woman, this comedian, was talking about how. She was doing an imp- a dead-on impression of the way her neighbor talks to her, who is Asian. Okay. She's like, I'm not making fun of all Asians. I'm t- I'm repeating verbatim. This is how she this- sounds. This is how she sounds. Yes. Is that racist? Uh, it's a fucking well, stand-up people comedy. Got upset. Well, here's so, the thing. He, if she's doing it verbally, yeah. I think the medium is different than when you do it with 140 characters. Yes. You can't, you can't disseminate tone or... right. Or context when it's you're limited to that amount, and that and that goes into my next thing. There was this woman who was going to Africa, right? Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah. I remember this. Before she boarded the plane, yes. she said she said sarcastically, "I'm going to Africa. I'm probably going to get AIDS now." <laughs> like as a joke, Jesus. right? That's yes. a joke. Obviously, and then by the time she landed, she was had, fired from her job. Yeah, it had blown up, right. and she had no idea. So, like. Yeah, there's no context for that. There's no way to interpret that. Look, I feel for stand-up comedians right now, it's got to be the hardest fucking thing because you really well, no, have to. I think to. it's different. I think stand-up comedy, when you're able to be in front of people yeah, yeah, and tell yeah. a story. In context, yeah. That you can tell that story. It's just Here's the thing, too. What, I, what The point I was trying to follow up with is at the time he was tweeting this stuff, yeah. Even I, we were all still trying to figure out what the fuck Twitter it's was. It's early Twitter. It yeah, is. We, like, Twitter was like this thing that people that caught on overnight and we were just tweeting. Yeah, things. nobody was reading that. Yeah, and, it, yeah nobody and was the, reading and it. And these jokes, I mean, I can tell they're jokes. Yeah. So that, mm. it's tough. They're in poor taste. We all agree <laughs> they're, in they're in poor taste. Yes. They're in poor taste. And, you know, some of the stuff that Andrew Dice Clay said, some of the stuff Richard Pryor said, yep, uh, all, yep. that's, all these old comedians said are in poor taste. But, you know, like. At that time, the rules were different. You can't. Yeah, that's true. All of a sudden, the rules are different, and now you're retroactively getting in trouble. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. It's a crazy world. The rules are different, and this is why I don't tweet shit. Fuck that. Well, I mean, aren't we allowed to evolve as people? Yeah. This is like a snapshot of who he was back then. That doesn't represent necessarily who he was. But then I go back with, well, what if he did racist stuff? Well, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the, what the line is. Can I read Phil Rude's comment? Yes, from the Facebook group. Facebook. Yes. I thought this was really good. Yeah. So he said he commented not on the group but on the oh on, on the, the post on the page the post on yeah. the page. But he goes, I'm going to start by saying that I think his tweets and jokes about sex crimes as a whole are in poor taste. That's not a PC disclaimer. Just a point of view that these are real issues for real people and not funny. I also understand that Disney has to take a stance on these things like this for the sake of their brand for being a decent family friendly company. That said, someone went back 10 years to find these jokes in quotations. Yeah. I think most of us said or did things a decade ago that we would probably not say today. I heard a Patton Oswald interview where he said he regretted making jokes about rape earlier in his career because he has grown as a comic and as a person. Mm-hmm. Worldviews change, and so does one's understanding of, in quotations, poor taste. Mm-hmm. I understand the importance of Me Too and that tolerance of joking about topics like these is zero and for good reason. 
But I also think if you go back 10 years to find something inflammatory, someone said there's probably some human, some growth as a human being that maybe calls for a little forgiveness. Can you imagine having your life and career trash because of an off-the-cuff poor judgment call you made when you were younger? Just my two cents on this. Damn. I think that encapsulates Phil Rude how I feel about that. Phil perfectly said. Phil I Rude. guarantee you can go back to every single filmmaker that ever lived and look at their college films. Yes. And oh, they're yeah. all going to be fucking rich because that's all you do in college yeah. is try to be provocative. That's yeah. what they teach you to do. Not yeah. anymore, maybe. Yeah. But back right. then, they said, let's see if let's see how fucking more un- uncomfortable you can make. Well, people. even like you said, ten, five, ten years ago, I remember watching Chappelle's show and laughing hysterically yeah. at the yeah. racial draft. Yeah. Like, and I thought that was funny. It's still funny. It's still Come funny. On. It's still funny. They can never do it. Yeah, I don't think they can do that. People anymore. change, times change. Shut Let up. me ask you guys. Yeah. Let's say you were the guy running. You got, you were the guy that made the call at Disney. Like you, this comes on your desk this afternoon. What do you do? Do you let him go, or do you like put him in sensitivity sensitivity training? First of all, I'd be like, "Fuck! How do we not see this in his Twitter feed?" <sighs> I don't know. You kind of have to. You have to you, let him go right you, now. You you, you got could, to. You could fire him, but I don't think that that's the right move for. For I mean, I, 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 how are you going to find anybody that has any talent that didn't do anything provocative uh, exactly. in their life? All creative people are a little fucked up, and they may have done fucked like, up things in the ever, past. How, how, I guarantee you, every Stanley Kubrick was a fucking freak. I, 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 Mel Gibson. Anybody who does fucking masterpieces is not like all there. Like even Benes, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro is a weird fuck, and everybody loves him. But one minute, one of one of the things I can equate this to, yeah, is sports. And um, in the Hall of Fame for baseball, for instance, there's a ton of fucking racists. Yeah. <laughs> a ton of fucking racists that were totally against black people being in, in the Major League Baseball. And they're in the Hall of Fame. And people know this. But then there's now if you make a comment, I guarantee no. you if you made a racial comment and in, in now, yeah. you wouldn't be allowed in the, the Hall of Fame. The, mm. the irony is, is that the president of the United States says fucked up shit every day. All the time. His job. Yeah. And, and right? uh, that's yeah. no, that's crazy too. Of when you got a guy quoted on <laughs> on the air saying you can grab her by the fucking pussy. <laughs> and also, apparently, you could just go back and say, "Oh no, I meant to say the opposite of what I said. I misspoke. Sorry, yeah. I meant to say don't fuck yourself." I don't know. It just sometimes I feel like I don't want to do Twitter anymore. I don't want to do this show anymore. I feel like like what's the point? Like if I can't be candid. And I can't have the room to be a performer and perform and make jokes. Because, like, I'll make a joke about something just because it's funny, not because I actually think it. Correct. Or not because these are my feelings. Like, if I make a, a joke about, I don't know, anything, I was going to say a gay joke or anything. It doesn't mean I have any, you know, because at that moment, that line was funny. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do or if it's something that's even racial or whatever. We've done that. In a, I've, we, I've sat here and we've had, like, funny like imran doing a racial accent you're you know in that moment it's funny yeah you know is it in poor taste of course but that's why it's funny so now like why do i want to constantly like now every single time i'm doing this show i'm putting myself in the crosshairs of some fucking buddy who's going to be politically Look, correct I, I think we're a little bit safe in the show because it takes yeah, a, nobody knows we exist but nobody knows we exist it <laughs> takes way more time to listen to something and find it and cut it and share. like twitter it's like oh here it is right here i also think we're safer because you can if you listen to the audio around what we're saying you can tell 
if this is a joke. You can tell the whole show is, is a goddamn joke. I think joke. just yeah. Twitter in general, like, yes. we are not meant to communicate yeah. in that small amount of letters. I mean, do we put a disclaimer at the beginning of the show saying all the shit that we say can be a joke? I don't. I mean, what do we have to go to that it route? May, it may get there. I mean, but don't but you think like one forty is just that's not enough characters. It's two eighty eight really now. Back then it was one forty. Oh, back then, back then it, it was, that's but not it's enough not, to express let me, anything. Let me let me tell you wh- why I started deleting my tweets. Okay. Oh God. All right. Because this plays into this as well. Yeah. Is that you can try and come from a one angle, right? Like an angle of trying to be pragmatic and like and like honest or or point out hypocrisy and then as soon as somebody doesn't disagree with you they could label you whatever like i was talking about the new shira cartoon right all right now one i, I got into this like huge like day-long twitter battle with this one guy of course just, you did all right basically the context was is that i don't really have a problem with what they're doing basically if you look at the shira design it's kind of like an androge. It looks kind of actually more like a guy than it does a girl. Like the shape of the body, the broad shoulders, the biceps, and 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 just the way that the the jawline is drawn and everything. It looks pretty much like you would draw a cartoon boy. Yeah. And I said that's fine if that's what they want to do. Just don't say that it's that it's not. They're like, no, this is exactly what a a, a, t- a preteen girl looks like. And I'm like, no, it, that doesn't make sense. I'm like. I'm just and like the and then their response is you want to see tits on this young girl, and I said no. I'm like there's plenty of things that have like if you look at any Disney character has nothing to do with breasts has nothing to do with anything. They just something that's clearly a girl in their design. So this guy would would just would kept on just saying I want to see tits on something I want to see and that's not what I'm saying. You're saying they're making it androgynous. Saying, I don't on want purpose. those shoulders to be broad and the biceps to be big and the the fact that there's no that there's no hips on this thing. She looks like or, uh, she does CrossFit. She looks like Jesse Graff from Ninja Warrior, like a chick yeah. who lifts weights, which is that's fun. If she's a if she's a teenage if she's a tween girl, like is she I, supposed that, to be preteen? Like the original Shira was an adult. That's what I think. I'm saying like, why are you? Either she's make up your mind. Is she a, a preteen or is she an adult? Right, how did we get to here? Why why are you deleting your tweets? This is why. Because I'm like that person is now labeling me as someone that wants to see tits on a young character, and that's not what I was saying. Mm. I'm just saying, okay. There's a difference between me saying that that looks like a dude and it should look more like a girl than saying I want to see huge tits on something. There's a huge difference. Yeah, you never said that. I did. And then they just kept on saying it. <laughs> like I explained, I showed, I showed pictures right. of Disney things, yeah. and they just kept on going why back you, to tits. Why, why do you even bother with some of these characters? So Rugs, I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I can't. I can't. These people like want to see what they want to see. They don't want to actually like read what I write and, yeah. and go. Does that make any sense? That's what Twitter is. There, is. Is, there, is there is there a point here? So I'm just like done. I'm like I'm done with, tr- uh, and I don't want that shit floating out there. Because I'm trying to convince this person that they're being like myopic in their view, or they're like they're not admitting that there's something different about this design mm-hmm. that's not standard. Like when you saw the design, was it like a standard design to you? I mean, it would look like this new, you know, modern style animation, Ashira, and uh, yeah, she looked buff. She looked like she works out. She looks like she lifts weights. <laughs> look, back Anthony. But, but yeah. doesn't that back go back to remember when Gal Gadot was cast and they're yes. like she's not buff enough to right. be Wonder Woman? Right, yeah. right, right. 
and she was extremely feminine in her in her physique. And they were people were going that that's not how she's Wonder Woman skinny, should look. But then she, she did. But she, she did can't bulk look up. like that. She, yeah. No, she didn't. She bulked. Like, get the a fuck little, out of here. I'm not bulking. She, lo- she is very feminine. She looking. To- yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. yeah, yeah. But I mean, that wasn't that. That was the opposite argument. Yeah. I, I'm like, you just can't saying be, you can't be this skinny and be a fucking superhero. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I didn't have a problem with it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that there's a reason why people are reacting to it. Just be like, be admit that it's a little different. That's all. It's I'm like, fine. Go ahead and make it's the cartoon. Different. I'll watch it. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. You know, whatever. Anthony, back to your question. Look, if I'm Disney right now, uh, I think there's way too much at stake not to immediately distance yeah. yourself. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. that's really. I, I, I'm actually kind of sad because I like the guns. So the follow up question: Who's uh, the, are they killing? Taika Guardians? Waititi. Taika Waititi no, would no, be you, great, but no, he's you're got not Thor. killing Guardians. Like Taika could do Guardians and Thor movie together in a Taika style. Don't kill. You don't kill Guardians. They're not going to kill it. They're making too much money. Who is going to direct it? He was remember this is his baby. He wrote all this shit. He know. came up with all this shit. He 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 is Guardians. Do you even galaxy. use his script or throw that out and start over? I mean, how far do you want to go with this, Disney? No, don't throw. I don't know. Right? If That's, it's a good script, don't throw it out. It's a fucking tight spot, man. Uh, I do think after time, I am a little. I am bummed out about the whole thing. It's yeah. It's, I like I like Guardians one and two. A lot. I like Guardians 2 a lot. I mean, it's his whole vision. Um, I really don't give a fuck about James Gunn and Guardians. Yeah, yeah. I just think about the principle of yeah, it. Yeah. Is what bothers me. It's a slippery I'm sa- slope. I'm sad. I'm sad for Guardians 3. I think they'll recover and they'll they'll find someone competent. They but. never officially announced it, but everyone assumed. No, obviously, yeah, I mean, he made them all, like over a billion dollars with he those He was supposed movies. to be at Comic-Con. Yes. So he, he was supposed to be in the part of the Sony panel exactly. and he got pulled. Update. He will not be. A, he was going to be there tonight for a, yeah. a horror movie or something he made for Sony. He will not be there. No surprise there. Uh, the right alt-right attack kind of worked, and uh, they got That's retaliation. That's so ironic. That they the got retaliation the for that Roseanne. That's all. I guarantee you, like, look, That's this what is, you dig deep enough, you're going to find garbage on air. You can, absolutely. Anybody that breathes air. And, and, absolutely. And despite that, the, all the garbage they found on, uh, you know, the POTUS, uh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing sticks. All right, some of these jokes yeah. are are like stupid. They're not even like right. Some are just, but that's like, what Twitter was. Twitter was like, I oh, know. just tweet anything in the beginning. Just tweet the first thing you think of. That's what people were doing. I know it was. I mean, Twitter was at that time was just put whatever you were thinking in uh, right now. I mean, now. in one way, have we gotten a little more uh, elevated as a, a society and a culture? A little no, more. No, we're getting we're, we're becoming more fake as a society. It's getting more phony. People it's are thinking the these things and yeah. they're not saying them out loud, but yeah. then they're voting for Trump. Right, right. That's a good point. So you, this is what you're you're creating a society of undercover Trumpers, closet closet people. That's so crazy, dude. Okay. That's, closet that, racist. That's, that's nuts. Closet whatever. Provocateurs. We're living in a clo- wild time. anarchist. Which is why I think we should all take a trip back to 1994 when <laughs> life was simpler. Uh, get nerd. Let's get to the Crow Review. The Jock, Jock and Nerd Podcast. So you may be asking yourself, fellas. Why the fuck are you reviewing a random movie from 24 years ago, The Crow? It's an awesome movie. Seems pretty random. Well, this is, we are fulfilling a couple of orders from our favorite listeners on the Patreon, our fan club. Uh, if you sign up for $10 a month at jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, you get a bunch of perks. And then the highest tier, the special thing you get at $10 is you can choose a movie for us to review. So. Listeners and fan club members Blake Braden and Mark Bunanong. 
<laughs> both wanted us to review this movie separately. Like they didn't know that they were, you know, requesting this movie. So we got a twofer. Ducking nerd. And we've already done one. The what the fuck happened to Howard the Duck was uh, a semi-review. Bonner Demling wanted her, that to be her movie for her request. So uh, there's also 11 Patreons that are at this tier or higher. So we have, we have a bunch of uh, reviews to fulfill, orders to fulfill. Some of these may be on our Patreon feed, but for this first one, I figure why not make it a giant goddamn commercial for the Patreon feed? Sign up Ooh. today. And yeah, it's a, the crow, man. It's the fucking crow. Do I need to give spoiler alerts for a 24-year-old movie? Hit Go it. for it. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. All right, let me set up uh, the uh, the logistics of this. The Crow released in 1994, directed by Alex Proyas, starring uh, the late, great Brandon Lee uh, and Ernie Hudson, uh, Michael Wincott, a couple of character players from the 70s that you, you were like, oh, that guy. I know that guy. David Patrick Kelly, Michael Massey, uh, John, Tony Todd, John Polito, all of these great character actors from like the 70s, 80s, and 90s where... You don't know their name, but you're like, I fucking seen that guy in every goddamn movie. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it is sitting at 81%. 7 out of 10 aggregated review. Not bad. This is a movie. It spawned three sequels. Rotten Tomatoes was around back then? It, I, no, I, I guess people voted. Retroactively. <laughs> Retro Rotten Tomatoes. And look, I have an issue with that, too. I don't even think that should be fair, but that's a whole topic for a whole nother episode. Uh, three sequels and a television series that ran for 22 episodes. Uh, I've not seen any of the sequels or the TV show. I have show. seen them all, and they uh, all suck. Yeah, that's why. I figured it was not going to be good. The movie is based on a comic book from 1989 by James O. Barr, black and white gothic comic book. Really awesome comic book for the time. You can read the full thing online. I'll put a link in the show notes uh, for it. The box office, this thing opens number one, uh, pulling in $11 million opening weekend, which 1994, I guess, was huge. Uh, and ends up making $50 million in its whole run. So, you know, this is a low-budget movie. That's not bad. Uh, finishing at $50 billion. Uh, $50 million. Million. Sorry. Uh, and the Jesus movie opened. So we're talking about May 13th, 1994. This rated our movie. And before we can get to the movie... I think we got to put our mindset in what was going on life in 1994. Wow. Was it a different time? Uh, Mariah Carey, Tony Braxton, Ace of Bass, hot pop music of the summer. That sabotage from Beastie Boys also came out that year. That was fucking great. Bill Clinton was in office. Uh, that, that was also right before this. Tanya Harding had uh, Tanya Harding Kerrigan. And oh, uh, all that shit happened that year in the Winter Olympics. Uh, comic book movies so far we had. This is all we had. We had four Supermans, Christopher Reeve. Two Swamp Things. <laughs> it's really bad. A really bad Supergirl movie. And just two Tim Burton Batmans from DC. From Marvel. All Marvel had nothing. The Howard the Duck. The Punisher, the really shitty Captain America movie, and Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, which was never supposed to come out. Yeah, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Fantastic Four movie that got, like, shelved and and never got put out. The movie that was purposely made to never get put out was also made that year. And then 
This was the time when, the, like, they didn't really know what to do with comic book properties. The indie comic scene was hot. They were grabbing tons of shit. So you had, we had three Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies up until this point with the animatronic heads, two RoboCop movies, The Rocketeer, The Shadow, The Mask, Blank Man. Weird, like, they, for some reason they thought, let's go back to the 40s and make pull superheroes from there. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and RoboCop are still awesome. Rocketeer is still awesome. Rocketeer is still good. The first TMNT RoboCop are still good. Uh, the others, uh, yeah, they're very 1994. Uh, I was in college. It was at the end of my freshman year at art school. Anthony, where were you in 1994? May 13th. Oh, God. 1994, I was six years old. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm shit. Fucking old. You were in college? Uh, yeah, it was the end. Oh, my God. This was the end of- You were in college? Well, now it's six years old. Yeah, yeah, that's, yep. that's correct. Fuck. Rugs, what, what are your memories of uh, uh, early 1994? Well, you knew where I was. Yes. I was, <laughs> I was yeah. sleeping outside of Luigi's Pizza. Yeah, oh, Luigi's had the best fucking pizza in Brooklyn, yeah. man. Right by Pratt and, Institute. Uh, I, would, I would sneak into the radio station where you did your show, and I would uh, become uh, Rug Boy. That was the yeah. beginning of Rug Boy. And uh, so the most important pop culture event that really – like uh, made this movie even more than than it is. Uh, Kurt Cobain committed suicide just a month prior, in April 1994, which was like that's the, what made this movie. Well, popular. wasn't uh, it his fucking? Wasn't the guy that died that also? But uh, just to put yourself in a mindset ah, of early grunge, this movement, goth movement, you know, kids rebelling, Seattle, and Kurt Cobain. Uh, you know, everyone's bummed out that whole month. And then this movie comes out, which has even crazier shit surrounding it. We're going to get into that. Uh, and before we start with the opening thoughts, I'm going to let the listener know if you want to get in touch with the show, send us your thoughts on The Crow. Visit jockandnerd.com slash contact for all the ways to get in touch. Our Twitter page, Facebook page. You can send us an email, your voice, and you can join our awesome Facebook group called Jock and Nerd Nation. It's a closed group just for you, the listener. You can hang out, meet the other listeners. We hang out there. Uh, we got a bunch of new people to welcome this week. Welcome. Michael Stewart, Rex Vargas, Kay Sal, Sam H. Thompson, who's been listening for a year. Chris, Rex has been on the show. Rex Vargas has been on the show. Christopher J. Sotelo. He's been on Also the show. been on the show. Mitch Burlington, uh, Messi Sharuk Gotham, Philip Milan, who's a Patreon supporter. Stephen Tran, another Patreon supporter. And uh, I'm done with reading Indian names because we are huge with the Indian bots, everyone. They love us. Oh, they're robots. They gotta be because these people never interact. I don't know. It's very fishy, which is why when you join the group now, there's questions, Anthony, right? You put Yeah, in, we put some questions in there. Well, they're not hard. They're like, uh, what is the capital of Abyssinia? That's the first question. No, that's not what? the no, that's not the first question. They're simple questions just so we know you're a real person and you're aware that we are a podcast and this is a Facebook group for the podcast. Yeah, so you might not be reading as many funky names unless they answer the questions correctly. And then they're welcome, but uh, I'm, I think India. But if you're not listening to the show, you're not getting in the group. I do, yeah, like uh, I think India just like they were like, look, we locked down the the call center uh, industry. Let's go fuck with Facebook groups now. That's going to be our next cottage industry. We'll make huge money. I don't know what's going on. It's very weird. So uh, answer the questions. We'll let you in. Okay. Opening thoughts on the crow, and you know what? Anthony's got to go first because he's the first. He, he hasn't seen this movie before. He's a virgin. Yeah, yeah um, he is a virgin. He's a millennial. He, he is a virgin. He doesn't understand the context of this movie, so I'm really curious to see what he thinks of it after seeing like 
all of these glossy Marvel movies okay. to see this I'm fucking glad, dark I'm, ass I'm movie. glad you said that because that was that was going to be my setup is this movie brought back so many memories for me from college and the whole time. And I know Ruggs and I both love and we are well familiar with this movie. But watching it now, out of context, out of 1994, yeah, Anthony, you have to start. What the fuck did you think of this when the movie ended? <laughs> so I didn't want to watch this movie, first off. I uh, um, Thank you for watching it. So I watched it. <laughs> They're giving us money. No problem. I, I didn't actually didn't mind watching it after I was done with it. So I have a very weird, pers- not a weird perspective, a different, obviously all those things you listed. Also, back in the early 90s, I was a big pro wrestling fan. Okay. And I don't know if you know, know the, not the singer, but there was a famous pro wrestler in WCW called Sting. Yeah. Yeah. He ripped off and the And he pro. had the yes. pro makeup. So he yes. wore, he was a surfer guy and he went away for a while. And then he started wearing the crow makeup. Oh, shit. And l- acting like the fuck. So watching this movie was like me watching Sting oh, no. perform oh, in the WCW. Like if he That's was doing weird. all the things that Sting does, except it's actually that Sting was you copying Brandon oh, Lee. No. I had it backwards. So the oh, whole time no. I, I felt like I was watching Sting versus the NWO. Oh fuck! Does that ruin the experience? No, it for doesn't. You. It was okay. just it was just an odd thing. That I was is like, odd. Oh, yeah. this is the inspiration for this character that I thought was so cool back when I was watching pro wrestling. So that's my start with this. Wow. <laughs> um, overall, I actually did enjoy the movie. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it was good. Fun movie. Very nineties grunge. Yeah. Like absolutely. Like I. Do do gothic people exist anymore? Is that a thing still in yeah, high school? Sure. Is it? I don't know. It's underground. It's Is not it now? like it's not like in the anime has changed it. Okay. Like the people who used to be into goth are now into anime. Okay. Because even in high school there was a gothic. Mm-hmm. So even in when I in the early two thousands, no, the goths still are goth. still around. But this They're was still around. This was the movie that kind of made it mainstream. Yeah, and the so, goths were probably pissed that there it's were mainstream. goths before this movie. There were yes. Mm. This, this capitalized on like Joy Division. Yeah, and, yep. And like uh, the Cure. Yep. The Cure had been around for years. Yep. Like before that. Yeah. So. I, I got to believe that this either the comic or this took a lot of inspiration from Tim Burton's Batman in terms of the world they created. It, it, yeah. The Detroit it is like in, that. it looks like, it, it, it's like a, like a weird Detroit. Yeah. It's, sty- yeah. it's a stylized, stylized shitty. But worst overall, parts of I liked Detroit. it. I like the revenge aspect. Yeah. I like that. We're just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, my only criticism of it is, is it is very one dimensional in terms of the characters. Like, yeah. The bad guys are bad. Yeah, there's no, there no one's very well rounded, <laughs> other than maybe the lead. But other than that, well, I, I really enjoyed the movie. If you read the comic, it's even more one dimensional. But that's what I loved about yeah. it because um, the comic book itself is like a poetry. It's like it's just angst. It's just like this guy working out his angst and using the crow as the vehicle for it. And in the comic, he has no weaknesses. He's just. Nothing bothers him. Like he mm-hmm. can get hit. He can get. He always lives. He gets. He bleeds out every once in a while. Whatever. But you never think he's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. They added this dimension in the movie where the crow can get injured, and then that will affect I him. I like that. And um, it was just like pure rage. Like this movie is actually more dimensional than the comic. If you want it, I think they improved on certain things in the comic. They, uh, they switch things around and, uh, yeah. I do think they improved it, but the comic is beautifully illustrated because it goes from black and white art to pencil art to watercolor washes. Uh, and it, it is, it's there's a, a character missing, which is the, yeah, the horseman, the, the skull cowboy. 
Yeah. We'll get into that. That's why I want to yeah. ask Anthony, like, some of the decisions they made. And, of course, the big thing is, you know, the, the death of Brandon Lee on set and how that, you know, b- this movie – it's just it's haunting and uh it yeah, I was weird. I was it's haunting and weird but a beautiful in a weird way and Brandon Lee's performance is like just so compelling like this would have been great. He, there's he is breakthrough he is just as charismatic as his dad yeah 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 I mean you see I see like a lot of uh, it was a great performance potential right there. Yeah. yeah yeah and this was the movie where he was trying to break away from his dad's legacy there's not I mean, it's so fucking good that <laughs> Sting copied him. <laughs> Dude, God literally, people. if you ever watched yes. Sting talked like that motherfucker. <laughs> oh my God. And, when, and body manners. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it, it, it's eerie watching that movie. Yeah. I thought I was watching Sting. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so strange. Uh, I, look, like I said, when this movie came out, I was in college and i was in i was getting into grunge rock you were, and you were lighting yourself on fire in the dark holy shit it was all I was, fucking trend I mean, I, that this thing tapped into Aaron like was a guitarist when this thing yeah came it out. tapped into like everything i felt in high school as like did you like that he walked around with a guitar uh yeah watching it back though it's a little fucking cheesy like why, why are is you he walking around with a guitar the guitar on the he's a guitarist is he, is that's, he, yeah that's uh, true that's, he is a musician he was a that's musician the one thing yeah. that links him to uh reality like that's the way he could express himself without killing someone and brandon lee was a musician in real life also like that that band photo is like the photo from his actual band that they use in the movie so for anyone who hasn't seen the movie look i check it out i would check it out quick plot recap it's very straightforward uh uh, eric draven and his girlfriend brutally murdered by thugs on devil's night the night before halloween inner city detroit where it's always raining just always a lot uh and a crow Brings him back from the dead to exact revenge on the thugs that murdered him and his girlfriend. And that, very, that's, very, that's it. That's it. That's <laughs> really the whole movie. But, the you know, it's the atmosphere. It's the mood. The, it's the music. And really, Brandon Lee. It's Brandon Lee. It's Brandon Lee carrying this whole thing. Like, I see, like, Heath Ledger's Joker in him, you know, or how Heath may have been influenced by this. Just the intensity and the way he carries himself. The haircut. That, dude, he had the best fucking 90s hair. I was so jealous of his fucking hair. That's how Sting looked in the day. That is the <laughs> best <laughs> hair. That's the ha- Sting. If you were in a band in the 90s playing a grunge music, that's the hair you wanted. Well, I think that the uh, the only depth to this is that the or, the voiceover that says that when something so terrible has happened, yeah. then a crow can bring you bring you back. So it's something so horrible, so violent and and, like, and so tragic. He basically, the way that it pans out is that he gets murdered at the same time as his wife to be is being raped and b- beaten in front of him, and he sees it. Yep. And then he dies, and then then that his fiance lives for like. 30 hours, 30 hours in, in pain, pain yeah. in the hospital. So that, I guess, was enough to bring bring him back. So I think that's the only that's the depth that you get as far as character depth. I uh, So, yeah, they in the comic book, there's no actual crow. <laughs> they added. No, there is a there is a crow. The, oh, but he doesn't uh, show him uh, where. No, no, to it doesn't go. lead him around. It just when he's in the comic book, they're they're doing the same thing. But that's it's on the side of the road. Um, oh right, right, right. Their car broke down, right, and um, Eric gets blasted through the head, and like, and uh, he's watching with his last breath, his his uh, his girlfriend, his fiance, fiance getting, getting raped, raped. Yeah, and the girl were... keeps telling him not to look. Yeah, don't oh, look. that's right. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Yeah, they were gonna get he's married. Like, Eric, don't look on Halloween. Don't look. You're not gonna be able to 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 be settled if you look. And he looks, and he sees it, and he like 
goes into agony and then he dies and then he his souls that are unrest. I love how we get a warg uh, before Game of Thrones. You know, it's a pre Game of Thrones warg action, which is uh, kind of what Bran does, where he could just that's his superpower. Uh, Anthony, what'd you think of uh, the characters? I loved uh, Ernie Hudson. Uh, it was great to see him from. I liked Ernie Hudson. <laughs> it reminded me of yes. Ghostbusters. Yes. He's, a good, he's the fun cop. I love where he has the the cop hat on when he's in his boxers. <laughs> This is also very 90s or 80s, late 80s, 90s, but there's always the good African-American cop in these movies. Oh, too. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Die Hudson, Hard. Yeah, Die, die, die Hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always the good old cop. <laughs> yes. What is with that? That's black. Um, yeah. That's always that funny, a, that too. That was a trope. That's, that's another trope. Um, no, he was great. I mean, Brandon Lee was charisma i mean he is charisma personified in that role um he was really good the, the thugs were over the top bad uh, which was kind of funny the one guy was from the warriors yeah no the guy who played t-bird yeah the guy that he he, he, uh, he lashed to the car and he uh, and, uh, okay uh, and he yeah. blew him up in the car that's david patrick kelly t-bird and, and the main bad guy um fun boy Fun boy, that guy is like Michael Massey. Got a, he's got a very distinct voice. He's always a bad guy. He's, he's, no, you're talking about the the, the guy. Oh top no, dollar. sorry, top dollar. Uh, top yeah, dollar, yeah, yeah, top dollar. Fun boy, Michael Massey also passed away. Michael, Mike, Michael Massey shot him. Yes, we'll get into the whole crazy <laughs> ship. I want to talk about the movie right now. I love like the over the top names are great. It's Tintin, Fun Boy, Top Dollar, T Bird, uh, and it's just uh, it's it's Devil's Night. Like it's just a fucked up night. Uh, it's like the um, it reminds me of the inspiration for the movie The Purge there's yeah, one night where yeah. you fuck up everything yeah, yeah. you can do that's whatever you want they oh, added that's a that. real thing that, that was yeah that is a real Devil's thing Devil's Night is a real thing in Detroit was a real thing is. they yeah. added that to, to the crow that wasn't there previously okay. that was what it wasn't on Devil's Night in no the book? it was just a random act of violence uh, and he comes you know and I thought, I thought it was funny like he comes back a year later uh, to the apartment and uh, the landlord hasn't fucking cleaned up or anything that's just shit. It's no, just they were going to burn is. those buildings down. They wanted uh, those buildings to be derelict. They, that's why they were pushing everyone out. Yes. They were kind of squatting in the, the building. Uh, what'd you think of the weird fun boy and his uh, sister lover? <laughs> weird relationship. And then they like smoke eyeballs. They were inhaling. I didn't remember that oh, the that. first time. He I keep saying fun boy. It's top uh, dollar. Top dollar. Sorry. Yeah, top that's dollar a weird thing. And his sister. But I mean, it, it fits in this fucked up world. I didn't remember that the first time I That's watched it. That's just added in to give it yeah. some kind of like uh, macabre, supernatural stuff. You, you needed know. that though because you needed to justify how you could defeat this motherfucker, and it's the the, the sister knows some supernatural yeah. shit. On so many levels, this movie adds things to the comic. I mean, there's some things that are cooler in the comic, like as far as the poeticness of it and the emotional uh, and the violence is so much more crazy in the comic. But um, this is just a better way of doing it. They they added supernatural things. They added the crow. They added a weakness for him. Uh, they, they did, and they added that thing where um, that his fiance uh, doesn't die instantly, mm. like that she suffers, and he can use that at the end of the movie. In the comic so. book, he survives for like thirty hours, and the cop sits with Eric. Yeah, and the girl dies right away. Let, let's focus on the movie first. Yes, we can get in the comic later, but. I don't know if a lot of people have ever read the comic. Well, yeah, it's a it's a four book comic. Again, you can read it all. But I'm just that. I'm just pointing out yeah. how these things that we're pointing out yeah. are actually added in. Well, oh, this is not a, original. a lot yeah. of I think a lot of it is also them trying to figure out how to finish the movie once he was killed. 
They had to do a lot, you know, in a very short time. Well, you, only, you only had three days left to shoot it. Three days left, so they shot most of it. Did, Anthony, did you notice anything weird in the compositing or so in the areas where they? I remember put them talking in? to Bilotti uh, before uh, G Fest, and he's like, "You can definitely tell when um, Brandon Lee's. It's not Brandon Lee." Yeah, and I gotta admit. I did not notice. I got to admit, I'll, too. I'll tell you exactly where it is. Yeah. I, although, because the, the movie is so dark and it has dark time. Like, I think it still looks pretty seamless. I didn't notice. Uh, uh, There's only one scene where Brandon Lee isn't in it. Yeah. That, you that is obvious. Okay. Yeah. It's when he goes to the apartment for the first time after he's resurrected. All the shots are from behind. Yeah. And the yes, guy is considerably yes. more jacked than Brandon Lee. Because Brandon Lee actually lost... A bunch of he weight lost to do that. Forty pounds from rapid fire to get. He's fucking method as fuck too. Like he would get sent to the hospital on every movie set because the man pushed himself. Uh, but yeah, he lost forty pounds, and I think his body type is perfect for this. Uh, there's another scene where he where he first enters the room when he gets comes back to life. That was he was cut out of another scene and put in. To the apartment, With the lightning bolt strike. Yeah. you could see. But when that he's his when he's lit up. right when he and when he's like you said when he's remembering the the event and it's just the guy from the back and they're even they digitally put his face on another stunt guy which in '94 is insane that they could even pull that off and I I think you can't tell man even though he did shot most of it uh, I was surprised I was like it's still it's still pretty seamless uh, uh any favorite moments I, I did not notice yeah I'll you can't honest, yeah. it's not distracting you can notice it if you watch it as many times as I watch okay. yeah, like yeah, not, yeah. Yeah. if you watch it if you freeze frame it like, of course literally I've seen this movie like 20 times at least Damn. at least yeah <laughs> Um, some favorite. I watch it every Halloween. Really, it is a good. That's yeah, right. Really. That's right. You did say that. It's a fucking great Halloween movie because it's Devil's Night. Um, uh, some of my favorite moments and lines is uh basically anytime Brandon Lee's on the scene where Ernie Hudson's like move and you're dead and he's like I say I I'm dead and I move and he moves anyways. Uh, and then the cigarette scene where he's like you you should really stop smoking these they'll kill you with a little chuckle. God damn, it's so good. Those little moments he does so well. Can't rain all the time. Yeah, that was great. Even though it rains, it's raining all the time in this fucking movie. Uh, it can't rain all the time. Any other? What are what are your other funny favorite moments? My favorite moments from the movie. Yeah. Oh, I the first time I ever saw the crow running across r- rooftops. That's, that's was, the first time you I've seen something like yeah, that. It was yeah. that wasn't in Batman. Yep. Yep. And it, you won't see that again until the Matrix. Yep. Running across roof, rooftops like that. So. That like totally gave me a huge geek boner because I was like, "This is Daredevil, this is Batman, yes. this is Spider Man." Yes, uh, they've never done that before, and I was just like, "Wow, that's crazy!" Um, that first fight with the uh, with the dude with the knives, yeah, the Tintin, yeah. yeah, he yeah. starts with Tintin, he's just batting them away, yeah, and then like, they cut to him, and he's got all the knives in it. So <laughs> right, like, even when he shows up uh, from the distance with the fire in front, man, anytime he's walking, he just looks fucking badass. The whole scene with Gideon's pawn is great. Oh, John Polito is so great. Shit on me. Where Shit he's on upside me. down. Yes. And uh, th- that whole scene is just great. That's a great fucking scene. I love right fire there. it up. Fire it up. Fire it <laughs> That's up. That's a memorable uh, line. It's, so, it's like Warriors good. Where does he say that? They say, All the bad guys the say bad it before guys, they do anything. That's their chant. And remember, oh, Skank right. is like, Skank is retelling uh, the uh, T-Bird's death. And he's like, oh, T-Bird, fire it up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. gonna, a ghost is going to come kill my ass now. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> There's so many great things. Uh Another what was another great moment. John Polito is great in that scene. Which one's John Polito? He's the pawn shop guy. Oh, he's the guy yeah. with the mustache. Yeah. yeah. He is yeah, he's funny. 
I love when he goes through the wedding rings and then he finds the one and he, he gets like a shock through his body. Yeah, that like, yeah he feels like it. That's the one. He didn't have to look at it. He knows. Dude, the um, scene. Well, so at the end when he finally comes for Skank and everyone's sitting at the table and he just walks in and gracefully like cross legs sits on the table. Like, tell me that's not like fucking Joker in Dark Knight Returns. It totally yeah. reminded me of that scene. I think that the Heath Ledger's Joker is highly informed. Absolutely. Um, I think that I guarantee you that Heath Ledger loved that movie. I guarantee it. I'm sure because it is that movie that like you just. But what's got cool about, about the way he performs that is he is. I mean, he's fucking creepy as hell. Yeah, and he's you know, he's got the the makeup on, but he's like, even now watching that, I'm like, man, he's cool as fuck. Like, that guy's cool. <laughs> he's smooth. <laughs> he's smooth, and he I like, love Sting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sting's I love, the I love best. Sting. But even when he has those vulnerable moments with the girl, like it works, and then he goes. Then he gets really bad. I wish there was more of those. Yeah. I yeah. wish there was more of his girlfriend because she was hot. And number two, yeah. like it would have given you more, even more emotional drama. Like just to see the, I how think, perfect the I relationship think you was. get, you get it. Like you feel what he lost in this. Like it's, it's not heavy handed, but the amount of times they do it, you really feel like how great his relationship was, how much he loved her. There's the little vignettes of going in the attic and he set this stuff up. Uh, you really get it. You feel for them and it, and, and it works. Works for me. Yeah, I would love to see more, but like, uh, you know, thus he he died, and they probably would have had reshoots to do, and they would have add, they would have seen this movie and been like, let's add this. So we're getting like what you know, unfortunately happened. He where he passed away during this movie, so they couldn't add that much more. They couldn't pad it out. The or sad thing is, they may it may have been a worse movie had that not happened. Maybe because like we said, uh, the one thing in the comics is there's a character called uh, Skull Cowboy and he's like the exposition character. They filmed all of this. He's the guy that shows up and tells the crow what the rules are, uh, I what like he has better. to do. I like yes. it better with the opening with the little girl yeah. talking and then yeah. the little girl closing. And she closes it. So I think that was a, a whole rewrite and a quick edit after and, the, and the accident. And her closing with him being dead is yeah. just like super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the only way to remember it's like the like the only way to remember when someone dies, or the only way to um, honor the dead is to keep loving them as yeah. if they're alive, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, damn, that's pretty good. Uh, oh, right. so here yeah. it is. It's if the people we love are stolen from us, the way we have them live on is to never stop loving them. Buildings burn, people die, but real love is forever. Real love is forever. The last slide. And he's good. fucking dead. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's good shit, man. It gets you right there. Uh, any other favorite moments? I say we. Did you like the part where he went? to the grave and like he's like he gave up and then you know then he realizes he's like he's ready he, he's ready to like be done he's ready to die yeah he he feels like he's but then he finds out that that top dollar is still there and he has to go and that, do that final thing well, again. I, I like it because he doesn't he thinks the mission is done so he he has fulfilled what he had to do in his afterlife but He's still there's that human side of him that still loves the little girl. Yeah, right. So yeah. he's like, I can't die yet. I, I even even though the mission's done, the crow shows the, him. I still have to keep going because there's innocent life at there's state. innocent life at state. Yeah. So in the uh, and he because he doesn't know that top dollar is actually the man behind everything. Right. Because well, top, he do, top knows, dollar tells him really, later. Oh, yeah, right. Top dollar admits it to him on yeah. the roof. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know that. Yeah. That that he had something to do with it. Right. But another thing. Oh man. That, I love this movie. There's so many really things. So there's. A- I mean, I do because I saw it at a time yeah. before I knew a lot what good movies were. So this was to me was a good movie. It was at the time. Like now there's still better movies, movie. but it's still good in a lot of ways. But um, 
Yeah, it was, it was the fact that he uses the the pain as the way to get to do- top dollar after he's been like that's his got gr- no that's sword. A great power. He uses the fucking crucifix yeah. on the top of the church as a sword. The, while the lightning hits it, the lightning hits it as he's pulling it out. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, he gives him the pain from Shelley's thirty hours of well, pain. Yeah, and then he falls and gets uh, oh yes impaled, and the gar the gargoyle is. Uh, vomiting blood that's out of his fucking so mouth. so over the top. Now, like, in a comic book, that's a great panel. But you're like, yeah. man, that's a lot of blood. How does it just get a really in the mouth? a really good job for 1994. Right? It's amazing. Visuals. So, look, let's do this. This movie costs nothing, by the way. You don't need a lot of money to make a good movie. Well, you know what the trick is? Make it dark and rain. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's very dark. And have, like, it's dar- yeah. if it's dark and it's raining, you can hide a lot of shit. And all your See, flashbacks like, are in red. So The sequel to this movie, when they did the Crow 2, yeah. Um, it's beautifully shot. It's one of the, it is hauntingly beautifully shot. But the guy that they got this French guy to be the actor, yeah, and it, it was basically the same exact movie except the action was even shittier. Like, because <laughs> okay. Brandon Lee knew what he was doing. Like, yeah. I, no one knows why a guy who was resurrected knows karate all of a sudden. <laughs> well, they, <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, there wasn't a lot of martial arts in the movie. You know, it no, was, no, he tried to Brandon he Lee tried to down. make it, yeah, make it toned it more down to make gritty, it just realistic. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the, I know the sequels don't have Eric Draven, but the TV show has Eric Draven. Yeah. Come back. So also, you know, what's great? Uh, Alex Proyas, this director, this was his first feature film. He came from commercials and uh, music Music videos. So that's why it looks like a nineties, you know, alt rock grunge music video a lot of the times, but I think it works, but I love how so fucking nineties. It's so I love how there's a guy working the grinder to supply sparks at the back of the state. You 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 gotta have a grinder guy on your stage. You guys think Captain Marvel will look like this? Uh, it depends what year in the nineties. Like, will Nick, no, will Nick no, Fury, no, will Nick around. Fury look like Tebow? No. This is like look like uh, Tintin. <laughs> no, this is ah, come on. This is artistic. This, but fuck. when this movie came out, it, Hot Topic instantly became a huge thing. Everybody started dyeing their hair. You saw goths in the malls in the mid nineties. Like, The Crow was the shit that broke everyone into the music, into the scene, uh, and it almost you know kind, yeah. yeah. This just multiplied it by 10. There yes. was already a it goth was, yes, scene underground. Yes, yes, Because I used to go to goth clubs yeah. when I yeah. was a young oh, yeah. <laughs> did, right. did you wear that makeup, Ruggs? Did you wear makeup? Wow. No. <laughs> I, wear I, I, makeup? Wore black, I wore black and I love The Cure. Yeah. So it's Cure's like, great. you know. We'll talk about yeah. the soundtrack. Look, let's wrap up this I feel uh, like I'm walking into a goth club when I go to G-Fest. <laughs> it's a little bit like G-Fest. Yes. A little bit. <laughs> uh, black graphic tees everywhere, motherfuckers. Uh, let's wrap this up. Take a break by... Let's rate this movie and let me know, does this movie still hold up 24 years later, Anthony? Are you asking me now or are we taking a break? No, I'm going to ask you now, then we're going to take a break. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I, I honestly thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I paused a little bit to like just take breaks and eat, um, but I was right away. Once, once he comes out of the fucking grave and I realize that we're just getting thrown right into this, Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm all about it. Like, a good revenge story is, is a good revenge story mm-hmm. across any medium. Mm-hmm. And this is a good one. And it's artistic as fuck. And you got um, Brandon Lee acting like Sting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other way around, motherfucker. Uh, Rugs, do you think this movie still holds up? I wouldn't watch it like every year. If well, I that's did true. Together. That's true. And I, I had not seen this movie in many, many years. And surprisingly, it still kind of does mostly hold up. Uh, you know, aside from the couple of the 90s things. the way that things. RoboCop holds up yeah, and the way yeah, that yeah. Ghostbusters holds up, there's things you could point out that are, like, wonky about it, but it's still fucking, you know, it still has something that the other movies don't. 
It does. It's ha- it's hauntingly. It's, it's like beautifully not, shot. How many movies have you seen that are like this movie? The only one I've seen like this is the original, the two first two Batman's by Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and obviously this was influenced by that too. Like Batman was it Returns? It reminds me of it, this movie. Reminds me of the scene where Danny DeVito bites the guy's nose. <laughs> yeah, where it gets really <laughs> weird and weird. Dark. Yeah, just this dark. is even darker than Tim Burton, obviously. Uh, but man, it's just it's it's. Is, a, wait, was it like? Um, I never actually saw is Sin City kind of like this. Uh, Sin City is exactly like the comic book. It's black and white. It's violent. It's but it's, it's in that kind of weird like alternative real world. Yeah, it's right? not a real world. It's yeah. like a comic book world that doesn't exist. It's it's yeah. yeah, it's its own city. I mean, there's a lot of things that that are like Gotham in in you know he might as well have been a fucking badass Batman that you kills people. One Gotham. thing that I saw in the Crow that I didn't see that often unless you're watching Hong Kong movies. Yeah. Guy in a trench coat, two fucking guns, yeah. jumping through the air, firing him at the same yeah. time. Yeah. That's, the, that's the John Woo shit that you love yeah. from the fucking that's 90s. That's before people knew what John Woo was about. Dude, there was a time in the 90s where we just watched movies to see guys jumping in the air with two guns shooting, looking cool. And like we would yeah. just, we would analyze. Bad yeah, bad, <laughs> we analyze the scene and be like, I'd shoot it this way. Oh, wouldn't it be great if one guy was on the Chow gun? Fat. Chow Young Fat. Holy shit. One thing that, that I shit. noticed is the fight choreography isn't up to horror like a normal action movie he did a lot of it it's not as like crazy yeah but the deaths are so fucking creative that it's like okay whatever i like it yeah yeah like he i mean he fucked guy it was weird because he 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 shouldn't know karate right (laughs) but i like a dude who played a guitar i like i mean just right off the bat the guy stabs a guy in every oregon one by one alphabetically it's like whoa I love That's when he's killing crazy. fucking, uh, is it uh, the Michael Massey uh, fun boy? And then Michael Massey's like, you're wasting it. And then oh, yeah, he's back overloading and him he with just heroin. fucking shoots him with heroin. Also, he has the power to pull heroin out of people's That's arms. That's a cool character moment, too, is that he's like, he's not just single minded. Yeah. He's mission. trying to he's help like, her. He's like, oh, this girl needs some help. There's some good in this lady. Well, that's Let the me girl's take it out. mom. Yeah, yeah. It's the girl's. I love that line where he's like, "Mother is the word for what was that line?" He just God made, in the mouths of children. Yes, yeah, so that's a fucking deep line, and he doesn't. He ha- does that in the comic too. Yeah, yeah. He quotes uh, Joy Division and the Cure a lot in the comic books. Uh, okay, right on. Look, let's take a quick break for some promos, and we'll come back and talk about Brandon Lee and all the crazy shit that happened around this movie. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey listener, Dutch here from Voice from the Underground, the podcast. My co-host and I want to invite you to check out our little corner of the podcast verse. At Voice from the Underground, we talk about all the crazy happening around us and try to make a little bit of sense out of the nonsense with little to no results. If the idea of hearing three semi-intelligent, outspoken nerds talk about politics, social issues, current events, sports, movies, pretty much anything that we decide to talk about because, well, it's our show, appeals to you, grab your shovel and come on down to the underground and then consult a qualified psychotherapist. Find us wherever you get your podcasts, just not where you buy your weed. Boys from the underground. Called the Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed. Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun. 
Hello, this is Storycrafter Mike from the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast, and you're listening to the Jack and Nerd Podcast. Hey, Michael, between the two of us, I think I am the Jack. You're actually more like Rugboy. Nope, I am Totes the Jack. Okay, then who are the Pittsburgh Steelers? A marauding band of aliens who use giant laser cutters to carve off a slice of Pennsylvania to take back to their own world. Hey, Rugboy, if you want to come moonlight on our show, we just had an opening. What? Doc and Nerd. Listener, if you've been enjoying the show and you want to support the show and you want bonus content and you want to force us to watch and review a movie, especially Anthony, uh, uh, visit. Yeah, make me watch <laughs> shit I don't want to watch and Joy- then pleasantly surprised. You give us money. You, we have to do it. Join the fan club, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. And like I said at the top of the show, the $10 a month tier will get you that power to force us to watch a movie. Uh, but there's there's all sorts of tiers. Any amount is appreciated. You all get bonus content. Sign up today. Back to the crow. Anthony, I'm actually, I'm really pleased to learn that you enjoyed the movie because I was a little nervous at what the millennial was going to think about this movie out of context. <laughs> but I didn't think about the Sting connection. So that's fucking hilarious. So you had a little <laughs> bit of a connection going in un- unknowingly. Yeah. Which is crazy. Sure. Uh, so- well, and it also helps that I... Not only did I know Brandon Lee died filming this, yeah. but I have an admiration for his father. Yeah. And then just watching Brandon yeah. on screen yeah. do his thing, and I'm like, wow, he's he's actually talented, too. He's, like, have you shit. ever seen Brandon Lee's movies? No. This oh, is the first Brandon watch, Lee. you got to watch Rapid, Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire was the movie right before this. The only other one I've seen is uh, Big China, Little Tokyo. Big Trouble in Little China was his first. Go down Little Tokyo. Rapid Fire, his acting is horrible, Yeah, but his karate is fuck. There are some Sick moves in that movie that I'm sure yeah. he came up with. Like, fucking, I think his acting in this is terrific. He, yeah, he is surprisingly a, a really compelling. This was actor. the movie where he really started acting. Mm-hmm. He was also in the the when they brought back Kung Fu to TV. Yeah. He played uh, the dude. Right, right, in right. that in '86. But I, I remember re- like doing the. I did some research yeah, after and this. Yeah. This was his like. Whoa! Everyone was like this, Brandon Lee. This would have been the breakout fucking role. Right. Absolutely. Look, before we get to the crazy shit around the crow, we have to mention the fucking soundtrack of this movie. I fucking right. wore this shit out in '94. Uh, some uh, there's a couple of covers, some original songs, some songs that they just put on here as like they they knew it would be of the time they knew that it would be a cash grab and this was popular. Uh, my favorite cuts though, the cure song burn that, yeah, that is the, that's the standalone. I love that song. He wrote it for the movie and like, it's a little cheesy cause he's talking about painting shadows on your face and he mentions cure and every night I that's burn. Nothing, that's nothing though for the cure. They, yeah, have a song called Fashion Fascination Street, yeah. which is basically this song. Dude, I love I love the Cure. I lo- I think I don't know if I knew about the Cure before this, and this got me into them, or it was the other way around. But the Peel sessions of the Cure are really good. I've always loved loved the Cure. The guy's still doing it. Uh, I went to see them not too long oh, ago, really? and they were great. He yes. can still sing those notes. Absolutely. Uh, my other favorite song when uh, the in the movie, it's the scene where he becomes the crow. That's the song. It's pretty. It's a pretty great scene. The Nine Inch Nails Joy Division cover of Dead Souls. Uh, I love that. Uh, I've, That's great. I really like. They keep calling. It's so fucking Trent Reznor. Yes. Uh, there's a great Violent Femme song on there. Uh, this album also has Rage Against the Machine, Rollins Band, Helmet, Pantera, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cut, The Jesus and Mary Chain, and all. Good band. All good. These were all good goth metal bands. And then amongst all this, the irony being the big fucking single hit 
is a Stone Temple Pilots song. Which is not ga- goth and neither is Rage Against it, it, exa- Well, Rage isn't, yeah. Big Empty, and that's only because their second album was about to come out. They had originally done a song called uh, Only Dying for the movie. But then after Brandon Lee was killed, they thought it was a bad taste, replaced it with Big Empty that's on their sophomore album. And you've heard the song on MTV Unplugged. Uh, it's just all you have to go is consciously damn. That's that's the song. Is that Creed? <laughs> no, it's it's Stone Temple Pilots before <laughs> fucking fucking Creed. You sounded like you got stabbed there. Do that again. Conversations oh, kill. <laughs> Just remember, conversations kill, and your shoes get worn thin. So much walking, shoes worn thin. The lyrics are a little silly in that song, but it's a well, great. All song. the all the lyrics in in nineties were yes. were elusive. They were trying to like not say any. They were doing what the Beatles did. Yeah, the Beatles yeah. had like fucked up lyrics yeah. that didn't make any sense, and then they were like, "Let's do what they." I mean, did. Beck, I uh, Beck, it was like random lyrics for just the sake of random. I'm like, well, you just made this. No, up. No, this was like they were deliberately trying to be God, yeah. elusive. So let me ask you about this: the the collection of these songs, rugs. Does this feel like a little bit of a corporate like cash grab, like a, a made by committee album? I would say some things, yes, but like. For example, Joy Division and The Cure being in there, that's like a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's like yeah. there are lyrics in the comic of The Cure yes. and, and Yes, and, he was and he stuff. was influenced by he lo- I mean J.O. Barr loved Joy Division and The Cure and just uh uh what do you think of the music Anthony? Uh, did anything stick out or is just like eh, it's 90s bro. made by people. I'm going to be honest. Yes, live <laughs> instruments. Did that I'm confuse gonna... you? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I didn't notice the music at all. Okay, all right, man. This soundtrack was huge. This bo- didn't notice it. At this all. movie is such an amazing snapshot of like. Uh, it just takes me back to like b- being in New York and 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 playing guitar and being in bands and when this shit was new and exciting. Like it's a, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I can't even judge the movie. It's unbiased. a good rock movie. It's it really a great is. rock revenge. Like it's hard to judge this movie unbiased because of what the time of my Our life passed. Yeah. Yes. So let's get into crazy shit about the crow. Uh, Christian Slater, Bon Jovi, Johnny Depp were all considered for the role, but Brandon Lee was the only actor to get an offer. Uh, he, like we said, he lost forty pounds after Rapid Fire to play this and pushed himself. Devil's Night is a real thing. It ran from the seventies through the nineties in Detroit, and then they started Angels Night in like mid nineties to combat it. Yeah. I, I don't think. Well, they because do after it this movie, I read that there was even more crime. <laughs> yeah, it probably increased a little bit, and they would literally just start fires. Uh, the night before Halloween, just fucking fires all over. That's fucking crazy. I can't imagine. Uh, the Skull Cowboy is a character that's not in the comic. We already talked about him. He set the ground rules, and it's a good thing. We didn't really need the exposition guy in this movie. It works way better when it's, like, vague and mysterious. Uh, the set was cursed. Here we go. This movie was plagued with production problems leading up to Brandon Lee's accidental death. But before that, even... A carpenter was burned on his face, chest, and arms when a live power line hit the crane he was working on. An equipment truck mysteriously caught fire. A disgruntled sculptor apparently drove his car through the studio's plaster shop. He must have just not had a good day. A construction worker slipped and drove a screwdriver through his hand. In March of 1993, early March, a fucking storm destroys many of the sets of the movie. And then March 31st, 1993, considered to be, I'm going to read this from what I got because it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good, succinct uh, uh, description of the event, considered to be 
One of the most unlikely and unlucky accidents in Hollywood, Lee's death required weeks of investigation for police to even fully understand what exactly had taken place. For some time, all anyone knew that Lee had been shot in the abdomen during a scene and they had spent hours on the operating table before passing away. The full story involves a complicated chain of events, many small mistakes across several days. The crow was already over a week behind schedule. The person typically serving as the weapons master on the film had been told he was no longer needed and therefore was not present on set to possibly have prevented the accident. Blanks were loaded by the prop master, but a slug had become lodged in the barrel when the gun had been dry fired earlier and shooting the blank propelled the slug. As a result, on the 50th day of filming, this is three days away from being wrapping on filming, one of the actors, Michael Massey, apparently chosen at random on the night of, as the character who would deliver the killing shot, fired the untested gun at Lee. Massey, who played Funboy, was so traumatized by the events of Lee's death that he took over a year off from acting. I mean, I don't know how you get over that. Holy shit, I feel bad for Massey. The Crow had been his second film, and by all accounts, including his own, he never really recovered from it. He went on to play more roles later. After the accident, Paramount, which agreed to distribute the movie, dropped out, leaving the film in limbo. Merrimax picks it up. Producers, with permission from Lee's family, wanted to finish the film, and after a six-week bereavement period, the cast and crew returned to Wilmington to complete filming The Crow. No criminal charges were ever filed in Lee's death. His mother, Linda Lee Cadwell, did file a lawsuit against the producers of production company, which was eventually settled. The footage is not in the movie. It was handed over to the cops for evidence and then destroyed. So it's the scene where he stumbles into them, like beating and raping his fiance, and then they hold him up and shoot him. Mm. Uh, now, that's fucking crazy because Bruce Lee, his father, died while filming Game of Death, the movie which also has a similar scene. And also, think about all the times they were shooting blank guns at Brandon in this movie. Well, I'll bring up another a lot. A lot. ironic point that I set off air, but Bruce Lee died six days after Enter the Dragon came out, which is the movie that made Bruce Lee the pop culture icon yep. that he is. Yep. And Brandon Lee dies making The Crow, which would have been the movie that propelled him to maybe being a pop culture But icon. also did make him like a household name, really. I mean, I, yeah, you know. death, I mean, the death added to the, the allure of that film for sure. Uh, but I mean, both... And there's the ancient, uh, or not ancient, but there's the the curse that's put on them by the Lee family. Who put the yeah. curse on them? I believe I don't know the exact story. My from what I remember hearing is that so basically Bruce Lee didn't believe in like traditional martial arts. He believed in just he was basically like one of the original MMA guys in okay, terms of just yeah. like he believed that there's not any one style that is the best. You take. Mm you take bits and pieces from every style and you create uh, something else. Uh, then there's no, the, the, the traditional martial art isn't best. Um, but then someone had said that someone, one of the, the senseis or masters of the dojo cursed him for doing something. Oh like that. shit. And, yeah. And that's been, crazy. The, the curse on yeah. the Lee family. Uh, more crazy stuff. Brandon Lee, like Eric Draven in the movie, Eric, Eric was, they were about to be married the next day. Brandon Lee was about to be married the next month. Mm. Which is fucking crazy. Then it gets crazier. James O'Barr wrote the 1989 comic book to help him get over the death of his own fiance. And he read a story in the paper about a couple killed over a $30 engagement ring. And uh, yeah, his 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 uh, fiance got killed by a drunk driver. Yes, his fiance yeah, got killed by that. a drunk. Yeah, drunk driver. Um, and then as far as uh, people have been trying to remake this movie for years, Rob Zombie almost 
remade this movie. He was it was going to be called Crow twenty thirty seven. Take place in the future. I mean, this is such a franchise. How come nobody knows how to do this? And Momoa's reboot, as I mean, we talked about, about it. Whenever is dead. you have a death that's wrongful, like that's extremely wrongful, a crow can bring you back to exact. And this could be any, 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 any person. Any demographic, it could affect any anybody, and the crow can bring them back. I I didn't want them to remake. You can have a hip hop version. You can have any kind of version. So here's you know the I thing: mean? I feel like Momoa and the director were trying to make a more faithful uh, ad- adaptation of this. Maybe adding in all the Skull Cowboy and all that other shit in the movie. I don't think you need to remake this movie. I think you just need no, to this make this movie. This particular another, movie, the next crow, that's based on the graphic novel. Yeah. Is 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 done? It's done. Leave it alone. Like you, you can Close do other. Like I was saying, like you could do a hip hop version. Yeah, where like oh. it's, where it's set in an urban setting, and then like the crow brings him back. You can and have then sticky you have, fingers like, from Onyx it does, play the crow. It doesn't have to be like a goth thing. It could just be the crow bringing people back. Uh, how does that? How you would do it? That's not a bad idea. You could do one in, in this day with what? Yeah, with you can what, do with any. With that's any the thing. Everybody's thinking myoptically yeah, about yeah. this goth thing. It doesn't have to Eric, be goth. The Eric Draven story has been told good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, they made this movie for like no money yeah. with an untested actor with a, a, a cast and, and a director that that um did one other movie after this, which is Dark City, which is a master. Dark City is a great science fiction movie. And All you right. see hints of this in this movie, like him yeah. working up to that. Yeah. But he, so he's a visionary director and he's like gone because uh, he, he's he's problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah. But like um, anyway, this concept though, of a crow bringing someone back for revenge, that's that's a franchise right there. And you know, I miss the revenge movies. Give me like a nice R-rated Death Wish revenge movie. I mean, they Nobody's can have making more those. depth than this one yeah, does. Yeah. You can actually go into like the depth of the. But the, the thing revenge. is, like the music and the '90s of it, like kind of makes it. I don't know if you can recapture the same kind of thing. Maybe I, when I was reading up on the sequels, yeah, it did spark like, oh, the crow can be in anybody. Yeah, so you can yeah. continue this story with anybody. Just but I think yeah. that if I think you could do something with that. Maybe an anthology. They tried to do it. On Netflix. They did one with uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, she, yeah, she was in one. It was horrible. Yeah. Whoa, that sounds awful. They did one with Eddie Furlong. That was <laughs> Eddie beyond Furlong horrible. was a crow oh, in the third one. Yes. Eddie now, Furlong. if you follow yes. the, if you follow the, 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 I'm talking about cracked out Eddie Furlong. Yes. Um, not not like Terminator Two. No, way Cute. past <laughs> Terminator Two, Eddie Furlong. Um, in the comics, they've had like a woman crow. They've had all kinds of crows. So um, that's the only thing that that unites them is that there's a crow that guides them to to get um, revenge. Yeah. But like, let's say you did like, and this this is gonna sound really I don't know if it's gonna sound bad or whatever because I'm gonna use the Mexican Day of the Dead where they paint their faces like skulls. Oh, you can use that. That could be a crow movie. They, that would be sick. They, they did that with Eddie Furlong, but Eddie Furlong's not Mexican. <laughs> oh, no. All right? Oh, no. But they could do that. Imagine they did that with, like, a gang, something gang-related or something like that. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, like, that could I work. don't know. Like, don't you know. could do, I'm I mean, thinking, I was thinking, like, Tony Todd and Candyman, and you could set one, like, in, in, in the urban areas or in the projects where sure. this also happens, you know? Uh, that would be cool. So it can be done. There's so many different ways you can yeah, handle it. Yeah, yeah. Would you have wanted to see a Rob Zombie version? I don't know if you would have um, made a good version. I think it would have been fine, but I think there's something about this version that's very magical to me. Yeah, it is. There's some magic to it, and um, just like like when you watch like Karate Kid, it's like it's like a standard movie, but it's got a magic to it somehow. There's something special. So I'll, I'll tell you about Rob Zombie. Yeah. I watched his uh, Halloween remake. Yeah, that man has. 
there's no fucking subtlety or art oh, what that no. man does. That man just throws as much shock on screen as possible. There's a beheading, real up close. Right, there's right. some more he, fucking he, wild there, shit. He is not subtle in anything. You need to be subtle think, for this. I think. Yeah, I think the crow. As now I'm a fucking expert on it. Uh, I think the crow demands a little bit more art, artistic. Um, yeah, this is an artistic, art, artistic director's movie. Yeah. There's a poetry to it. It's not just straight right, violence, you, you know. So it's not just because they they get. I mean, the the deaths in this are pretty brutal, but yeah. they never they don't show it. They don't show it. It's always yeah. after the fact. Yeah. The, the craziest part is the when the bird is eating the girl's eyes. Oh yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> what the thing is is that it's all justice because yeah. these guys are all pieces of garbage yeah. right. that have done t- terrible things to other people too. Right. So you're rooting so, for the revenge. Yeah, you're rooting it's for something great. horrible to happen to them. And like you don't need to know more about them. You know that these guys are scumbags. Like imagine you so went back in time yeah. and you did a crow like in the in in like the deep sa- in the west. Yeah. Oh, like a cowboy western mo- time cowboy movie. Yeah, western? it'd be a western. Oh, shit, that's or you could go back in time and like into like fucking. Like Egyptian times. Jesus, you could set these movies anywhere at any time. Why isn't somebody doing this? It's not it's because not they're hard. not rug boy and they don't think. Fuck, it's not hard. That would be right. great. I love it. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Uh, any final thoughts? I think we're done with the crow. Thanks to uh, yeah. uh, Mark. I think. What do you rate it out of a scale oh, of one to Let's 10. rate it out of ten. I wouldn't look. This is what when you judge this movie, you got to understand the time that it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it was made for no money. Yeah. Um, the fact that the the guy in the in the movie died before they finished it. The fact that it was cursed. So they couldn't do research, yeah. reshoots, yeah. or fix anything or whatever. Um, financing got was a fuck up, fucked up thing. So I had all these things going against. Yeah, they still, and it still managed ends up to, being a good movie. Yeah. Now, I can't give it a ten. Yeah. I can't even give it a nine, but I'll give it an eight point five. Yeah, I was because, I was thinking eight also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it rises above all of the stuff, and it's still something that I like to watch over and over again. And not because of the action is great, because Brandon Lee's great in it, and 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 the and it it it's an earnest film, yeah, and it's artistic, and then the fact that it's artistic it makes me think of like Tim Burton's Batman, yep, which is artistic, yep. and I can watch it over and over again because of its artistic quality. Yep. It's like a trip to watch. Yep. I mean, like, it's you know. uh, it's you know, it's mostly the atmosphere and the mood that you like rewatching this movie. And again, to me, this was like, oh, dark and gritty. This is what I want. Give me dark and gritty. And I read the comic, and I feel and like I it, the it captured yeah. the comic yeah. Yeah. very well. So it did its job in like rep- in representing the comic book and adding more depth to it because it didn't have, you know, some of the stuff that was in there because it was like a when James o- o- Obar wrote this, he was dealing with the death of someone that he loved. He was making like a poetry to it and putting it into like a character that could exact revenge to this fucking guy who ran over his girlfriend and whatever and killed his girlfriend. So like he made it this into this thing and it was raw and this movie kind of made it better. Yeah. Yeah. Added more to it. Yeah. So I respect that. So that's why I'm giving it such a high rating. Um, If that wasn't all going like if it was like, a completely shitty adaptation of the comic, I'd probably drop it down in a couple of points. But because it encapsulates what the comic feels like, I, I give it high high marks. I agree. Eight also. Anthony, what about you? Uh, I'm going to go 7.5. Okay. Um, I just didn't live at this time, mm-hmm. so I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. They, they, all the things you're saying, it just they, it's not my reality when I saw this movie. Right. Um, but I can appreciate the things I really like about it. Um, 
obviously the setting is is different. It's unique. Uh, Brandon Lee kills it. Um, and there's just a lot of I, I for whatever reason the the lines with the little girl really resonated with me in the beginning at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a lot of heart behind this film, and knowing the fact that Brandon Lee died making this film, and the the just those lines, I think. <laughs> Give give you uh, as the kids say the feels. Those watching li- this film. those I was reading some uh, some stuff. Those lines were added last minute. Oh, I know. To I, tie I, up I the definitely, movie, you know? definitely feel yeah. like those lines are are for, it for Brandon as well. The, yeah, the, it's amazing. The, the thing about it is, you think about what movies are today. There are these multi million dollar, yeah. you know, huge things that have so much like uh, redundancy and people. Doing this and doing that. This movie had guy fucking died on because people. <laughs> there was nobody watching. Like yeah. nobody's watching the so fucking prop budget. gun. Yeah, it was so low budget. That, just a like, series of just tragic mistakes and and, yeah. and, and 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 and. There was no way this movie should be even be watchable. Yeah, I mean the fact that they saved it, the how they so, did after what happens is amazing. It's like, I know, like people could be like, well, well, Rug Boy, you give all these big Marvel movies such shitty scores, but you give this one such a high score. I'm like. Because this movie had everything going against it. There's no way this movie should even be on my radar. But it's a movie that I love because it's artistic. It's the fucking crow. And imagine Brandon Lee yeah. d- d- survived. I got to throw in one yeah. comment. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia-ing yeah. this stuff. Yeah. People get hurt filming movies a lot more than you think. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> a lot of stunt actors you don't get hear about really it. fucked up. There was a death on Deadpool 2. That stunt uh, lady died. A lot, died. A lot of, lot of, lot of uh, backup stunt guys really get fucked it's up. A dang- the it's a dangerous watch. job. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The stunt guys, definitely. But the main no, stars yeah, the main don't guy. get no, killed. But yeah, I clicked that link and it led me down the rabbit hole oh, of yeah, people of getting all, injured during oh, yeah, filming yeah. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah. And it happens a lot more. Jackie Chan. Just look at his his body broke down. man. Tom Cruise fucks himself up every movie too. Yeah, Tom Cruise always gets in. But the fact it's that crazy. there's like a prop gun, nobody checked it, nobody's looking yeah. out, nobody. It's the, it was a series wow. of mistakes. Wow. Yeah. So, and if he survived, man, I'm telling you, he was coming out of B movie status. A couple of movies, he would have been fucking huge, and he really would have made his own place outside of his father's legacy. It would have been a completely different thing. Well, I mean, this uh, is the movie. I mean, this is the movie. Up until though. that point, he yeah. had been doing the you know the Asian influenced roles. And this is something that is completely different than his father would have. I could done. totally see him as Nightwing. He would he would have made a great Nightwing. He would have made a great Joker. This is how awesome Brandon Lee was. I also read that he consulted on the script, and they, uh, based on his suggestion, they cut a character who was like an Asian stereotype gangster. And he's like, "We got to lose that. That's a fucking stereotype." So Brandon Lee was conscious about this at all, dude. Uh, helping in the 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 fight choreography and helping in the writing, like super talented guy. I think we didn't see anything from him. Look, if you want to see his karate chops, go watch Rapid Fire. His acting's not the greatest in that movie, but his karate's pretty good. He would have gotten better. He would have gotten better. I mean, yeah. if like guys like Arnold can make it where they did, he would have. He would have been. <laughs> he would have been fine because I know. Move. I still mourn the fact that he's dead. Yeah, like yeah. They, we could have had a great twenty-eight. Star he missed the twenty. That had the legacy of Bruce yes. Lee. Yes, he missed the twenty-seven club and by we one. We just year. got a little taste of it, and that was it. I, mean, I still think about. I still wish Bruce Lee was alive. Yeah, that too. That was also taken yeah. too, way too there was, young. There was an article today on on, on the, one of the MMA sites that I follow, and they're like, would Bruce Lee have been an, a UFC fan? And there's, there's the debate. And I was like, yeah, he would have been because he started basically. He kind of started the whole, yeah, like you said, the concept, when the he theory was like, of it. Not to make this too much about Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee was the first Asian actor to make make it, like to be the lead guy. Was he really? Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, he was, Before I guess. that, can you think of any no, other Asian actors? no. Well, and then Brandon was following in his footsteps. Not leads, yeah. 
as a lead. Yeah. Man. It's crazy. Crazy shit. Died. Good shit. All right. Well, look, I hope Blake Braden and Mark. I hope you guys appreciate uh, our thoughts on the crow. Before we continue, I want to give the listener a free month of Stitcher premium. Go to stitcher.com slash premium. Use the promo code nerd through September 2018. You will get one free month. You can listen to the Wolverine podcast and a bunch of whole other premium content on Stitcher. Uh, you guys, uh, last weekend was G-Fest. And it is, this is not a convention where all the G's hang out. Straight up G's. That was uh, across the, the street at a different convention hall. This is the world's largest Godzilla fan convention. Oh, shit. And this is the 25th year. It was G-Fest 25. Anthony and I went out on the Saturday, our tradition, third year in a row. Yep. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I got to shout out all, all our peeps that we saw there, all our artist friends, John Bellotti, Nick Shev, Lenny. His uncle Lensations, uh, Dope Pope was there. Mike Ch- Michael Cherkowski from the Vampire Robots, Cat and Josh, who weren't there last year but were on the podcast the year before, back this year. And Mark Suggs, we had a great time hanging out with all of you. And I want to thank Lenny. He gave me a free print. I picked. Uh, he gave Anthony I a free print. I picked Mecha Godzilla. Oh, which version? Uh, Do you even know which one you uh, picked? No, son of a bitch. No idea. I have no you idea. The first version. What did you grab, Anthony? Uh, Lenny, I grabbed uh, Godzilla '84. That's a good. That's his, that's a good. The Godzilla '84. Like all all Lenny, if you I'll, look, I will put links to all these cats' artworks in the show notes. I, I want to make a comment yes. on Fest. Yes. So obviously, I'm the Godzilla, one of the Godzilla fans on the show. Yes. Um, but I, if you've listened to the past Fests. I've kind of been a little critical of G-Fest in years past in terms of the, the demographic yeah. and maybe my intentions at G-Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will say this year I thoroughly enjoyed G-Fest and I am actually um, was very happy and, and impressed with the amount, the turnout and uh, the amount of work that was put in. There was more year. people this year than there last year. There was more year. people this year it than last bigger. year. And, and um, they did, they, they're, they got a good thing in terms of, of the community. The community created. is great. The people are also really friendly. They all wear black graphic tees, so it's easy to find them in a crowd. Very easy. And but- I, <laughs> as a big Godzilla fan, yeah. I didn't stand in line to get her autograph, but Megumi Odaka, uh, the girl that plays Mickey in the Godzilla film, yeah. seeing her, I was literally, I stood there just looking at her, and I was like, I look creepy as fuck, but I don't care. I remember watching that little woman. The guy in the as suit was girl. there, too, from yes. what I remember. The guy in the suit. Ken Ken Pachiro Satsuma, yeah. Also MMA legend Don Fry was Don there. Fry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you were like, oh my god, it's Mickey. I watched well, her when I was a kid. I do. That's exact. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I thought she was hot when I was a kid, and she hasn't aged. I'll also say that like I went actually early and I enjoyed some of the panels. So overall, I had I had the full G Fest experience. Yeah, you were there the, longer than I was. I was there all day, all and day, I, and I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, the people I hung out with and the old day, the, son. the, the uh, panels and everything. Everything was great. You, you know what my opinion is on G Fest and just this idea yeah. of G Fest yeah. is that if you're into Godzilla and then you make it all the way out there to a convention about Godzilla, you're like a real deal. You're not some sh- like some schlub that's like I'm just gonna go to Godzilla Fest because everybody's doing it. No, because nobody's doing it. Only no. those guys are doing yeah, it. Yeah, that is the true fans there. Absolutely, yeah, those are the real fans. Those are people who really fucking love Godzilla. I mean, I gotta get out there one of these days. Well, what, what's really cool too, when and I noticed this getting there early on Saturday, is the amount of kids that are there that yeah. like Godzilla. And I'm yeah. like, not like a, I'm not. I don't mean. I don't mean to be like 
sentimental or like patronizing, but I'm like, damn, Godzilla's going to continue. Like it's still going to be a thing after, you know, when we get older, the, the, there's still going to be kids that like this stuff. I think Godzilla will be around for a long, long time. Yeah. You definitely saw the next generation well, of they fans. Keep making shitty movies where he's in it only for yeah, three but minutes. There's still tons of great toys and <laughs> plush figures for them. We went through the vendors. Uh, room. I'm hating on the animated stuff. I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Rugs. The funniest thing is we're walking around talking Godzilla and uh, Anthony comes out with like Godzilla knowledge and everyone, Mike Tchaikovsky, everyone was like, how do you know about that? You're not supposed to know. Like oh, nobody yeah. knew that he was the Godzilla fan. And I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. I am the Godzilla fan. Like that. That was great. I'll, I'll get, I'll get down and dirty with you and talk Godzilla. Also, I got to shout out this dude. I met this uh, really fascinating cat named Amir who uh, he meets his son there. Eight years, him and his son have been meeting there. Uh, and he works for Tesla. Oh, shit. This dude was telling me stories about Elon Musk coming in, sleeping in his office. And like, I like Elon Musk even more. Please, everyone pray that he doesn't turn into a supervillain because he is like Tony Stark. He was cool fucking uh, uh, Bruce Wayne. The people that can speak are actually pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's there's people there that obviously are very have a lot They're of social still, anxiety yeah, or have yeah, some sort yeah. of thing going on, and and got, it, this is fine for them too. But the people that are somewhat, you know, normal, sociable, they're really cool. Great, a great crowd. Everyone's really cool. I have a couple of photos here. I'll put in it the is, show. We all know John Bellotti, and you know how cool he is. Well, he sucks. Um, <laughs> it, oh, I'll, I'll make one more point. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. I'll make one more point in that it's kind of strange, like this small pocket, yeah. like finding that there's this this small pocket that exists in the universe, and that now in this small pocket there are also inner workings and in politics. There, yeah, yeah that's, just like that's anything the strangest else. thing yeah. to me. Just too. like anything else, there's tons. The politics of G Fest are crazy. But this is not even like a fucking pimple on an elephant's ass in no, terms of no. anything in the world. No, but there's politics. Anything, any yeah, office crazy. that you work at, any fucking shithole that you work at, there's always politics. So you that's can, always you, interesting <laughs> for me. Yeah. You can check out some photos of us at GFest and look at my distracting ass facial hair. It's really hard not to look at anything else. But this is what I did this year. I went on Thursday to say hi to everyone, like I did last year. Last year, if you recall, I the minute I stepped my foot in the hotel, the fucking fire alarm goes off. Oh shit! What happened this this time? year? There was fireworks. There was a that we went out to the back at, at the uh, the park at Rosemont, the uh, Parkway Bank Park, and there was a band. There was a shit ton of people. I met them at the Hofbrau House, and then there's like a 15 minute fireworks show. Like it kept going on and on. I was like, wow. I was like, wow, this is a lot of money they put in for fire, and it was pretty good. I was like, look, I gotta get out there. I was like, look, G Fest fucking stepped it up this year. But the other reason I went on Thursday was to give those guys cards and stickers to put on their table to give to people buying shit. So it was really cool to walk in Saturday and like four or five tables have our shit sitting there. And we see people in their bags of art. Their little jock and nerd cards are there. So, listener, you may be listening because you got a card at G-Fest. Welcome. Thanks Welcome. for checking us out. Uh, you are not the no, uh, the uh, abnormal person I no, was talking that's about. No, that's not you. That was the guy next to you. You know him. Yeah. The guy who was uh, staring at his shoes the whole time. Yeah. yeah that's the Listen, guy. I'm a Godzilla fan, so I, I understand them. So it's Lots of fun. <laughs> good uh, good year at G-Fest. Uh, you know, I'm already excited for next year to see I all these people. You know. again. It is. It's like a nice, uh, like reunion. It's like time. a family reunion. Like that. Uh, the funniest thing was Dope Hope was all set up, and we went to see him. And he started listening to the show a year ago after we met him last year. And the first thing he says, he's like, "I feel like I've been hanging out with you guys all year. Like every Sunday, we're hanging out." Yeah, he goes, "It's really <laughs> nice. It's it's really nice hanging with you guys." Yeah. 
I've been listening to you guys every week, and it's it's just nice to finally see you. It's so weird. I, mean, I feel like I know you. I was like, power, wow, that's the crazy. The power of podcasting. Love dope, hope. the dope. That uh, That's a straight-up New York accent. <laughs> is whatever, wherever Burrow he's from, that's what that that is. That's an accent. It's right like there. he was on the show and you didn't meet him last year, so no, you I had, had no idea who he, what he looked like until you're like, I had to go. This is dope, Pope. I pointed him out to you. He's the dopest of Pope. Yeah. So well, shout out to everyone who was at G Fest who uh, is listening and met us at G Fest. Uh, we'll do it next year. Before we get to the mailbag, I got to mention one. I got to share one sad piece of news. I'm sorry to bring the show down, but. Gotta say rest in peace to uh filmmaker podcaster John Schnepp from Collider, uh who uh he had a stroke last week and he was on Terrible, on life support. Sad. And yesterday his uh fiance pulled him off life support. He was fifty one, he had a That's blood crazy. clot thrown in his aorta. But uh, the, the crazy thing is, like, when I started this podcast, I started listening to the Collider podcast, and they do two – they do a Heroes show twice a week, and it's run by John Schnepp, and he he has a group of people. He calls them Shweddies. He's, like – he's a huge in the nerd uh, nerd community, really genuine, sincere guy, and he's always like, let's get sweaty, guys. We're getting geeky and sweaty up in here. And he made the documentary uh, The Death of Superman Lives. So it's a good documentary. It's an amazing. I implore the listener in his honor. Everyone, go watch The Death of Superman Lives. Go buy it. Rent it. Whatever. However you could get it. It is an amazing documentary. I'm going to rewatch it, too. But Jesus Christ, the guy is 51. He's literally, I'm listening to him like two weeks ago on the podcast, and now this fucking happens. Yeah, man, that is fucking horrible news. Uh, I like John Schnapp. I used to you know, watch his YouTube videos uh, from Collider. Yeah. Um, he seemed to be always the voice of reason. He always seemed to have a little bit in his back pocket. He knew more than he let on yep, a lot of times. Yep. yep. Um, so he'll be missed. I think that um, it's crazy in this world of people that don't speak their mind. He actually did most of the time. So I give him credit. I love his opinions. I, you know, I would agree with a lot of them. And uh, he's just a big, uh, crazy hair, sweaty guy, you know, and uh, I think they did the schmodown. He did a lot of shit. So uh, it's going to be hard to listen to can, those shows Can I now. get some genuine reaction out of Rugboy? Yeah. Go ahead. Because we will probably bring this up on the, sh- the next show, but yeah. I just want to hear what he says. Uh, just announced today, Uh-oh. just right now, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is coming back with an all-new cast. Oh, I shit. saw that. I saw that reboot. We will talk about it's, that on the San Diego it's show. On, it's going to be on TV? I don't know anything about this. With creator Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon's a, coming back, yeah. And a, Well, I don't know what why this matters. And a black actress. Oh, there. Oh, that. Okay, so it'll be a black girl. So it's gonna Buffy. be black Buffy. Black Buffy. I guess so. What yeah. cool about Buffy coming back? Uh yeah. You were a big Buffy guy, right? I love Buffy yeah. because Buffy. You have to put everything in context. Before Buffy on TV, there was nothing like an action show that was like uh, for that age demographic, like teens, that had so much comic book credibility to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, karate and, and epic, uh, like, you know, the Arrowverse is, is Buffy. Is it's the Buffy pretty verse. much with the, right. you know, yeah. a strong, so hot the, female lead and stuff. Yeah. The Arrowverse, like, owes everything to Buffy. Like, Supernatural. All those shows that are, like, these episodic, action-oriented shows owe everything yeah, to Yeah, we didn't kind of set the outline for that with yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I mean, I mean, Xena was also in there, yeah, but that was yeah. a little bit more campy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buffy had a little bit more dramatic. Uh, it was more racy. They had, like, you know, they had uh, lesbian relationships. They explored, like, 
a lot of stuff that was taboo at the time. They kind of broke barriers. They really broke a lot of ground. So if Joss Whedon wants to bring it back with all new cast, I'm all for it. Let's all see. Right. It. Let's do it. They're never going to be able to like uh, recapture the old show. I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar, I'm going to be honest and say she's probably not the best person to be Buffy because um, she couldn't really fight. So it was like constantly with stunt a stunt double, double over there. Yeah. It was like obviously a stunt double, but she was Buffy. I mean, who didn't? But she was a great. She was good as Buffy. Yeah, yeah. She was just not a great Buffy doing the stunts. So if they could find an actress that's more capable and more convincing, did you like Angel uh, the spinoff? I did like Angel. Yeah. It was it was pretty good. And then uh, what's her name? Also the uh, Eliza Dushku. Oh my god, Eliza Dushku is amazing and everything. She's she was great in that, and she was also great in Dollhouse. Dollhouse, if you ever yeah. And she what was her character's name on Buffy? Echo. Oh, she was. Oh no, no. she was. No, she was Faith. She was Faith, dude. She was so smoking hot on that. She still is. Like she's like half Albanian. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's, she's she's one of the best. Yeah. So uh, um, man, that's cool. I think a lot of Buffy fans are going to get very excited because it's Whedon yeah. bringing it back. If it was anybody I'd else, bring that up real quick. Good shit. All right, yeah. More? I mean, it doesn't bother me that that, that that he's recasting it. I mean, he has to. He can't get Sarah Michelle Geller. Like she's too old for it. Um, they need a new new cast. Let's start over. If they could make it legit. And with uh, good action, I'm all for it. Let's get into the mailbag, uh, but I'm going to throw in one last thing. Uh, fucking Cloak and Dagger. It's really good. It's fucking good, dude. I know. I got to catch up. Oh, my I God. The, I just watched the eighth episode just came out. It's fucking it's a good show. They just announced season two. I mean, like, it's close. To, it's up there. So you've with, been like, watching it, and it's good. Yes. Highly recommended. Get caught up. It's only 10 episode season. Very close to what they're doing on Netflix, man. There's a lot of swearing, and there's a lot of fucked up, shocking deaths. It's good shit. Uh, Cloak and Dagger, get on it on Freeport. Is it better than Luke Cage? Uh, it may be. It's like no. it's it's more it's it may be. It's tighter. These characters are great. What they're doing is really good. Uh, okay, mail- how about the action? Is there action? Yeah, yeah. The, there is. There is. It's more the performances and the chemistry, the kids and the cast, and uh, oh, the writing is really good. And they do. He's starting to use his powers. He's got a cloak, but the cloak he has is so meaningful. Why he, you got to? It's really well done. Like they're improving fucking Cloak and Dagger a little bit. Uh, on this show uh let's dive into the mailbag first thing i want to share is a facebook post from our buddy matthew lawrence that just made me go okay he writes so i'm not a big reader at all and full disclosure i have never read a comic book but i felt like going back and listening to what the fuck happened to green lantern because while it wasn't a good movie i didn't hate it either anyways all the talk about the lanterns and different colored lanterns really intrigued me so I bought my first comic book ever. Oh, nerd. The six-book series for Rebirth by Jeff Johns. My question is, if I actually like reading the comics, what would be next after the six-book set? Where do I go after? And for someone that hasn't been in that world, how do I learn to understand it all? There is a lot of content. Imran, say nothing. I'm just, Read the comics first. I'm just going to say... Then, d- then get back to Look, us. the point is, we got someone to buy a comic book. Yeah, he bought it. Holy read it. shit, that's great. That's a just start. Now read it. That's a win for me. Then we'll, we'll talk. Read it. If you like it, we'll talk. Anthony, what would you tell him? Well, that's good advice. I would yeah. say if he likes it... Because um, we're going to waste... We're spin our wheels and never read that fucking book. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. I would say if he point. likes it... You bought one. Now read it, Matthew. If he likes it, continue with Jeff Johns and Green Lantern. Go to Sinestro Corpse. Go to Black Blackest Night brightest day all of those 
you'll you'll really enjoy it if you if if you like Green Lantern Rebirth and I thoroughly enjoy Green Lantern Rebirth. It's excellent. All a lot of the Jeff Johns uh, Green Lantern and the Flash Rebirth shit is really good, and his Aquaman's really good. Should he watch like some kind of like comic historian no, or something? No, read the book. Like, get caught. That's is, the there, is there enough in that if you're going in blind? I don't I think, know. I think That's you gotta cheating. Read I would rather read it, but no. But if you read. Those six books, and then watch the comics historian. Maybe no. I'm saying, if is there enough to for you to know about what Green Lantern is from the Rebirth from the from those Re- books? Rebirth does a really good job of um, kind of summing up what was cool about yep, Hal yep. Jordan Green yep. Lantern. Okay. Yeah, it's it it's Jeff it's Jeff Johns writing a love letter to Hal Jordan yeah. Green Lantern. It's like a reset. He does he gets you caught up to speed. He does it with all his Rebirth and, and uh, he series. like tastefully explains why the yellow is a. a a weakness for him and all that stuff. It's pretty good. There and there is a lot because uh, uh, once you get into it, you will discover all yeah, these things spreading off. Yes, I'm just like one of the things I wanted the show was like to turn people on to cool shit and get people to read comic books. And we got them to buy a comic book. Let's get them to read the comic book. I'm a fucking happy, proud. Even pop-up. though we don't buy comic books anymore. Well, I do. I still do. I got a stack there. I got a stack I haven't read. I occasionally still do. I still buy comics, just not superhero comics. All right. I'm buying like uh, straight bullets and fucking Saga and Spider-Man and Walking Dead. Uh, okay, email from Wes Cranford. Uh, Yank from down under. Good day, mate. He writes, I just listened to your review of Luke Cage and it was pretty spot on. Wanted to add, though, that there was a bit too much soapy dialogue and I fast forwarded through those. Also, <laughs> when Cage ate at a table, he ate like a Danish aristocrat. Uh, took me out of the scene. I don't know what he's talking about. Did he have a pinky up? Yeah, I don't know what he's I'm not means. sure what that means. Now, I know how Rugboy felt. I, I don't know. I agree that it's the music that sets this show apart. I loved it. Right from the first scene when Cage put on his earphones before kicking ass. Also, did you notice that the band music reflected the character arc of that scene? Just really well done. And hey, Danny Rand never mentioned himself. I'm Danny Rand. I'm the Iron Fist. He was a lot less insipid than before. By the way, he is annoying me in Game of Thrones too. I'm in season four. <laughs> uh, he's not. Luckily, he's not in it a lot, Wes. So just... Fast forward past his parts. From last show, yes, Rugboy, I'm sick and tired of all these oversensitive asshole whinings, whining their points of view online. I want to bitch slap them all. Boo-hoo. They need to get a life. You keep pissing them off and uh, rocking the boat. Love your work. Good on you, Wesley. Oh, and Anthony, no, I don't sound Aussie. The Yankee accent never goes away. I just use more of their vernacular. Maybe I'll up my Patreon so I can get on the show as I have no fucking idea how to send a speak pipe or audio email. Sent he from did, my iPhone, he says. It's he doesn't so call easy. it a speak pipe either. He called it a speed, speed pipe. pipe. Ooh, I he's, w- thinking about, he's thinking about doing coke. Oh, shit. <laughs> ah, man, I had a speed pipe and an eight ball the other day. I sleep for days. Look, you have an iPhone, sir. It's very easy. There's an app on there called Voice Memo. You fire it up, press record, talk your shit, press stop, and email it to show at jock and nerd. It's that simple. Show at jock and nerd.com or go to our website, click on the thing. It works right in your phone. Uh, Wes, get in touch. It's very easy to do. Something tell me tells me that Matt Miller sent us. Matt Miller knows how to do it. Uh, let let's have him uh, show you how to use the speak pipe. What's up, jock elites and nerdlings? Matthew James here. So I saw the movie Isle of Dogs or Isle of Dogs, depending on your pronunciation. That came out a little Stop earlier it right this now. year. Is, is Isle of Dogs have anything to do with what we're talking about here? No, it's that Wes Anderson puppet He's, movie with dogs. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen right, it yet. Go ahead, either. play okay. it. I, I mean, it's not something we talk about in this podcast, but go ahead. Interesting choice for review, but okay. Uh, basically, in the movie, there's a decree that comes down that bans having a dog and sends them to live on this place called Trash Island because they're all getting the this dog flu. Now. 
And throughout the movie, they kind of do a little small little sneeze, which is kind of cute. Anyways, uh, in the movie, there's a boy that wakes up from a coma. He goes on an adventure to find his long-lost bodyguard dog named Spots. Once he gets to the island, he runs into a couple of other dogs that are living right, there. This, and okay, friends. stop it. Yeah. This has nothing to do with our show. He's just movie reviewing for him, his own sake. It's movie reviews by Matt Miller. Yeah. Do we need this? All right, go ahead. And, play them, and from there, they start searching for spots. Overall, the movie was pretty cute and funny. I'd just definitely recommend seeing it. It's a solid 7 or 8 out of 10. kind of reminded me of Team America and the way that the puppets looked. I don't think people realized that some of the big names that were in this movie. We had Bill Murray, Scarlett Johansson, Jeff Goldblum, personal favorite Edward Norton, Brian Cranston, and last but not least, Yoko Ono. Yes, the Yoko Ono. Definitely go check out Isle of Dogs if you want to. Also, I know San Diego Comic-Con is this weekend. I'm super excited. It'll be the first con that I'll be tracking minute oh, by minute with drops. Wanted to see if you guys had any crazy predictions and or wish list items to see during the con. I'm very excited. Hope, hope everybody gets what they want to see this weekend, and we see a lot of cool stuff. Okay, any predictions? What are we? I'm, I don't know. Godzilla trailer. Godzilla. That's all I'm looking for yeah, right now. I am looking forward to Godzilla 2 trailer. Aquaman? I'm, I I'm want, excited I want about Aquaman. That Godzilla 2 trailer, even though I, I shouldn't I should just be patient and pull yeah, out. Yeah. Want to fucking see, see the, the monsters it was right the, now? It was the talk of G Fest, that's for sure. Where uh, um, did you see the Titans trailer? Uh, no. Yes, we get to. We're oh, gonna talk we, about we're that. We're talking about that on G Fest on the next one. Yeah, we're gonna talk yeah. about all that shit on the next episode. Oh, I got okay. thoughts on that Titans trailer. Yeah. Okay. Back to Matt. Lastly, I mentioned last week that I saw the possibility of a live-action Gundam Wing movie being made. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. I'm a super big Gundam Wing fan. Wouldn't mind seeing Death Sight or Heavy Arms on the big screen. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later. Ruggs, I feel like Gundam is your area of expertise. Are you excited about a Gundam movie? Uh, I've seen a few Gundam movies, and I enjoy them. They're, you know, It's giant mech robots. Uh, well, they're, yeah, they're mech like robots Robotech fighting other things. Yeah, yeah. like robo- basically Robotech. It's Robotech. I love Robotech. Um, well, yeah, Maycross, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Um. Sure, why not? I mean, it's kind of like passe now that the Transformers and Pacific right? have been done. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Is it like the GoBots to the Transformers a little bit? No, it's just like irrelevant now that you've done Transformers and you've done Pacific. So Rim. now they just want to capitalize. I mean, Here's another thing. The angle can... is the angle is spit more space. Oh, like okay. a space movie. Okay, not on Earth at all. No, it could be on okay. Earth, but like it's it's definitely space battles and stuff out out in outer space. You can do a lot of shit with that to kind of take it apart from Pacific Rim. I mean, Transformers are aliens too, so yeah. I think that it's familiar ground. But everybody loves a Gundam. I mean, if you watched um, uh, Ready Player One, there's a scene where a Gundam fights Mechagodzilla uh, in it, wh- and oh. it's kick ass. Oh, wow, wow, that's yeah. cool. I gotta watch that movie. There's a clip online. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. It's pretty sick. Anthony, you know about Gundam at all? I'm not a Gundam guy at all. Yeah. Do you so know what I it is? Gundam. Have you heard of it? It's a giant fucking robot, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, giant giant robots battling each other. Yeah, and in Pacific Rim too, there's a Gundam. Oh, there is. Oh, I mean, you oh, have yeah. a good point. It's kind of been done, so like, I don't know what the point is. Didn't unless you Japan, can bring something they build different. An actual, didn't they actually build a fucking? Yeah, like, they Gundam? have one that. Yeah, they and then wasn't there like a battle? Yeah. Weren't they going to battle bots with like a U.S. robot and shit? No, that's a different. Oh, thing. that was different. But they built like a, a working Gundam. A, no, no a, statue. a statue. It's statue. giant. How t- like how tall is it? Like a just huge, three hundred feet. It's like a hundred feet. Hundred feet, three hundred feet. No, like a hundred, maybe maybe under a hundred. There's a three hundred foot tall Hello Kitty statue next to it. it is though. That's weird. Sixty-four point six feet tall. Oh, it's sixty-four. It's under a hundred. That's pretty big though. <laughs> that's a maybe. big ass statue. If you see it, it's like it's as big as a building. Cool. Uh, yeah, call it Gundam, Pacific Rim 3, whatever. doesn't matter. 
Uh, okay, finally, uh, I'm going to share a, a little thing that's happening over on the Facebook page, uh, Jock and Nerd Nation. Join the group. Uh, there's a little bit of a Jock and Nerd battle going on in the Morrison household. Steve and Lisa Morrison are lovely listeners and Patreon supporters. Lisa Morrison posts, Jock and Nerd friends, I need your help. I couldn't listen to most of this week's podcast as I have not been able to watch season two of Luke Cage because somebody, Steve Morrison, hasn't finished Jessica Jones season two yet. I took a lot of shit for watching that without him. So if you could all take a minute out of your day to encourage him to get his ass in gear and finish Jessica Jones, I'd be grateful. Thanks. Oh, shit. Steve, what are you doing, buddy? You don't need to watch Jessica Jones season two to watch Luke Cage. Just start watching that and then fuck that him. That is yeah. also Done. correct. If you're holding someone back from listening to our show, I take this personally. Uh, in his defense, here's his argument. Here's Steve's side. He says, it's so hard to sit indoors and watch TV when there's soccer and baseball to watch. The only place I could dedicate time like that is the crapper. My fortress of solitude. Look, I'm on Steve's side. No, fuck that. Do? No, hey, Brian, what the no, fuck no, is no, wrong with you? What are you sitting in? It's summer. Yeah, Go okay. Get Here's what you do. Baseball, in the three hours of baseball, there's maybe like 20 minutes of action. Uh, in between, just pull it up on your phone, put some earplugs in, you can watch, and then like every half an hour something happens, you can look up. Uh, you're not going to miss nothing. Oh, my God. That's what I would do. And you can binge watch this in like two days. <laughs> yeah. It, it, That's not TV accurate. viewing is harder in the summer. <laughs> I you guess get so. Outdoors, unless you're, unless you're, you have no pigment in your skin. Let's like outdoors. I'm in a cave, and you're in a fucking albino. It then, burns. Then say and get out, Could get outdoors and do be something. Any more sunny? It's sun. Fuck the sun. Burns. <laughs> That's why I love the crow because it was all dark. But look, I feel bad. She can't listen to the episode. So Steve Morrison, fucking figure it out. Get your ass in gear. Like Rug said, just watch Luke Cage and then go back and watch Jessica Jones. Does that so? Or just watch it without him, Lisa. Fuck him. I don't know. Fuck him. Watch it without him. Our show is more important than your marriage. Watch it without him, and (laughs) he'll be fine. Oh, shit. Uh, Okay. And that's going to take us to the end of the show. We got to mention a couple of guests. uh, One guest appearance. Anthony, you were on another show. I was. A very fun show. I was on the the latest episode of Voice from the Underground podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about a couple things uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp so you get to hear me talk about that again again uh, we talked about the new Sasha Baron Cohen show who is America who is America we talked about some baseball some jack stuff we had talked a little politics NBA uh, yeah, shit I listened to it it was yeah. good it was a good episode and uh I'll put a link in the show the notes. Cool guys. Yeah, you. if you listen to our Black Panther uh, podcast we review. Have, uh, yeah, TJ. From TJ Western and uh, Jason and uh, Jason and I. No, uh, well, we, have T- we have TJ on our We've we had, had him TJ on. on I got to get Jason on. They're great guys. Great show. And also, uh, Delhauer finally put out a new episode of the Ginger Geek Pod. Uh, I'll put a link to that. It's all about uh, Blade Runner and uh, Cyberpunk. I listened to his first episode. What would you think? It was interesting. Right? It's good. I like his I take like the, on stuff. I like the Scream episode. I the Scream like. episode is really good. If you are into like cyberpunk and you like the Blade Runner uh, 2049, you will, uh, or the whole Blade Runner movies, you will enjoy this episode. He's really into cyber cyberpunk bitches, as he said. Uh, look, Ruggs, uh, where can the listener find you? Have you uh, did you delete your Twitter yet? I don't know. I might not be on Twitter Maybe we don't long. give up. Look, find him on the Facebook. He's in the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to exist. Meanwhile, Ruggs is back deleting his tweets as fast as he can. (laughs) But now we got the Facebook. At Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Don't go there. Don't read anything from 10 years ago. 
especially when he was not on Twitter. Uh, and always, as we end, subscribe to the show so you don't miss a show. It's free. There's going to be a special bonus show later this week. Listener, tell a friend, spread the geekery. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. Wowie zowie. Ah, uh, yes. I see that you know your judo well.